The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome to Key. It's Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a Tuesday, Gary, hi. Well, I'm just sitting here in a couple of weeks it will be independence day independence from great britain all right god save the queen man what the, the first what the what, first president what, what to queen, ever what queen would that be <laughs> i don't know but the first president to almost quote two complete lines from the sex pistols he is hipper than obama as you said in our pre-show meeting, he's 1978 hip. That's right. The lyrics would be, God save the queen, we need it, man. <laughs> God save we mean the it, queen, man. man. We mean it, man. Yes. <laughs> the, what what queen is he talking about? I have no idea. The, the best thing is there were pool reporters there. And so all the other reporters, I was reading the stories, all the other reporters are asking the pool reporters, you know, because there was just a couple of pool reporters there, what did he mean by it? And the answer was like, we, we don't know. What? And then, then it was the, the president's aides. There's so many statements that they really can't explain what he's talking about. They're just giving up. It's like they don't even try anymore. Well, what he was trying to say is it's like, we don't know. We no idea. Um. We don't know. Oh, man. Then there was the other one where he's talked about what he's going to do by 2020. Yeah. Wow. Well, the good news is he's right on schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. And, yeah. and and you labor unions, you're a bunch of suckers. He said over the weekend, I'm proud to be the most pro-union president in American history. Soon as he got in, he cut tens of thousands of the best union jobs in existence. Mm-hmm. First thing he did, day one, you union labor people who support Biden, you're a bunch of suckers. You know, You know why? Because what you're finding out is that if you get rid 
of oil, you get rid of natural gas, and your goal is to get to energy that can only be in use because of subsidizing from the American taxpayer, your unions are dead. And that's where the Democratic Party is leading you, and you labor unions are a bunch of suckers for still supporting the Democratic Party because the only chance you have to exist in the future is if you have for-profit companies out there. That's it. God save the queen, man, and kill the unions. Yeah. <laughs> He's been killing manufacturing jobs. His party's been killing manufacturing jobs yes. for a long time. Look, when, when Obama in 2008, think about that. We're talking 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. When the queen was still alive. You know, <laughs> talked about, as, as we said, destroying the coal industry, and the Coal Miners Union of West Virginia endorsed him, but not in 2012. They said, well, we're not going to endorse anybody here. Uh, you know, you would figure at that particular point, the unions would have smartened up and said, okay, here's what's happening. By the time we got to, remember, 2016, mm-hmm. where you had... You had both, uh, this is 2015, actually, I believe it was. Because that was, that was a 2016 or 2015 when both Biden, Hillary, and Obama. Hillary came out and said, kill all the coal jobs. It wasn't Biden, it was, um, it was uh, Bernie. Oh, it was Bernie, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. it was Bernie, thanks. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it was 20. Was it, was it 2016 or 2015? Well, it was one of those. Where, where okay, uh, Hillary came out and said she's going to kill all the coal jobs. Mm-hmm. And then she had to do a mea culpa, remember? She had to have... A uh, well, I don't know a uh, uh, a cocktail summit with a coal miner. Remember that a martini summit. A martini summit. She had to do with the coal miner. Uh huh. And then uh, it was uh, Bernie came out and said he's going to kill all the trucking jobs. Mm-hmm. And then it was like Obama was like, well, I got to kill something. So Obama came out and said, well, we're going to kill kill all the offshore oil jobs. Mm-hmm. It was like wow, one, two, three, and one. That was like in within a ten day period. Yeah, it was. It's like. Obama had to, well, I got to kill more jobs than they do. Labor unions, you are, seriously, you are the biggest bunch of suckers ever to continue to support the Democratic Party. You should be worried, but you should have been worried a long time ago. Because, number one, I believe that public unions, which, by the way, the early labor movement never wanted. George Meany didn't want it. George Meany, FDR, completely against unions being in the public sector because they're not for-profit businesses. Well, now that the Democrats want to kill for-profit businesses, especially in manufacturing, you're writing your own death warrant. Yep. Your leadership is betraying you, and you're paying them to betray you each and every day. Yep. Just amazing. And you may say, well, the Republicans are just pro-business. Well, if you're not pro-business well, and you're not making a profit, unions don't exist. You want them to make a profit. Remember yeah. back when uh, UAW, uh, Gettlefinger, was talking about and, and they were going through the whole thing with GM. And he said, well, 
he basically admitted it out loud. Well, we need our companies to be profitable. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's a whole idea. You want them more profitable because if you're in a union, you're saying, look, the workers deserve a part of that profit. If there's less profit, there's less of a part. Yeah. If there's no profit, if if you if you have to be, and, and no profit means solar and wind, well, those companies are making profits oh, only man. because they're subsidized oh, by the man. taxpayer. Oh, man, the discussions I had with numerous people. And especially with Texas here now being oh. a heat wave, and I got from my yeah. energy provider yesterday, all right, you better start getting ready to turn your your air conditioning up. I mean, the actual thermostat up, not mm-hmm. your air conditioning up. Mm-hmm. Your air conditioning down and your thermostat up. Mm-hmm. Better get ready because we don't want blackouts or brownouts. Mm-hmm. Here we go. And it's like this incredible heat wave. It's going to be 100. Mm-hmm. It's normal it's for Texas. Texas. In fact, we're kind of late. Yeah. It's normal. This is normal weather. And now the panicking's starting again, and it's this is all by choice. This is what we wanted. Why? Mm-hmm. We let the children in charge. Yep. We can live in this fantasy world of alternative energy. Let's live in this fantasy, and all's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Um, anybody who believes that is a moron. Anybody who believes we can sustain that is a moron. If you believe that wind and solar can get us through, if you believe that that's the way the world is going to work or that's the way the world is working now. I mean, you know, we used to say, well, in the future, they're going to mandate this stuff. <laughs> that's like Biden saying the things I want to do by 2020. Yeah, well, we, we're already past, way past the mandate stage. This isn't the slippery slope anymore. We're at the bottom of the hill. God save the queen, man. Come on. By the way, he was, I'm telling you, we look so weak on the international stage with China. Oh, with it's, Biden. It is, when, it, it's, when, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's worse. It's bad after bad. When, when Biden came out and said, well, it's more embarrassing than, and I'm paraphrasing here, than, oh, no, than intentional. Mm-hmm. That the as if the Chinese balloon just by happenstance uh-huh. happenstance happened across the United States. Right, yeah, my God, are we weak on the international stage in this world? What an embarrassment! Which is why I mean, some of the polling out there, the majority of Democrats want Kennedy to debate Biden. Mm-hmm. And and if you saw some of the polling out there, eighty three percent of voters say the FBI should make the Biden bribery file public. We'll get to that coming yeah. up. Yeah. That means the vast majority of Democrats. Why are the vast majority of Democrats angry because they believe Biden has taken a bribe or took a bribe as vice president? Or do they just want him gone? And this is as good a reason as any. Well, honestly, I I think that's where we are. You know, it's funny when um, DeSantis was calling out Newsom. Come on, throw your hat in the ring. Come on. Come on, challenge Biden. He was quiet then, wasn't he? He, he was. Newsom. Yeah, Newsom he was, really didn't respond to He him didn't respond one. to I, that I at it. all. I didn't see, because that would have made news if Newsom would have responded. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. Maybe I was no, busy that, over that the weekend. That would have been, in the liberal media, of course, that would have been louder than the, you know, the, the 
the challenge issued by DeSantis. It's everybody can see what's going on. And the polls show where the Democratic Party is right now. By the way, that's why Kennedy's getting the support he's getting. Is that, you know, he almost comes off as third party-ish. Look, he's a liberal. Make no mistake. But he's making noise and not afraid to call out other Democrats. And that's why everybody's, you have so many people looking at him going, uh, yeah, hey, maybe, you know, maybe at least we let him on stage. Maybe at least we have the debate. Oh, they're begging for, they're begging for somebody to get up there in their own yeah. party and challenge the current president. They're begging for anybody. And it's if, not if, Harris. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not Harris. Well, and, 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 and here's the thing. If it were Newsom and not Kennedy, you know, think about it. If you if you went around and asked people RFK Jr., you know, before he announced, they'd go, uh, I don't know, is he still doing anything? Is he, you know, what? If you went out and said, if Governor Newsom were as vocal against his party or at least this administration, Against Biden. You would have an uproar of people behind him saying he needs to primary against Biden. Why doesn't anyone in the party, why doesn't the rank and file do that? Why doesn't the rank and file right now in the Democratic Party do that? Well, they likely know that in the end, if you do that, you're basically admitting how bad Biden really is. But the problem with that is, is that you can't help but admit it because the polls show it. The majority of them don't want Biden to run again. Well, maybe they shouldn't look at Kennedy. Maybe it shouldn't be Newsom. Maybe there's another historic figure that's out there, maybe a part of the administration, some historic figure Mm. that was interviewed over the weekend and Mm. talked about how she's a historic figure. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, we're talking about the interview that Corrine Jean-Pierre did where she called herself a historic figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said, yeah, ba- no, maybe basically, she but, to what, please throw your hat in the what, ring. What she was saying is I'm a historic figure and there are so many people that are that are motivated by her that are like mm-hmm. her, which means black lesbians mm-hmm. look at her and say, that is our leader. Uh-huh. Do you really? By the way, I mean, nobody else is saying that. When you're the only well, one saying that about yourself, that's when you know you're wrong. Well, our 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 black lesbians saying, "Wow, she's just incredible," or are they hanging their heads in shame, going, "Oh my God, don't say you represent us." Yeah, you yeah, know, sorry, yeah. hey, you're your own entity. Hey, you're hey. not a part of us. Whoa, please. Whoa, 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 whoa! What what are you doing? What are you doing? Put the sign down. No, no, take the hat off. No, for God's sake, you don't represent me. Yeah, when you're the only one in the room saying that about you, and trust me, I know this because I'm great. <laughs> well, this is a historic show. It is. It is. I am a historic figure. <laughs> Eric and Gary, historic figures. <laughs> when when the history is when it, when it's when it's the end of the world and the history is written of the United States. Yeah, our names will be. Right at the bottom. (laughs) Somewhere.
It'll be somewhere. It'll be you'll, somewhere. You'll be able to find us somewhere on. You, you, uh, you might you might have to go to my gravestone, uh, but well, you'll you'll find it. I'm trying to think. Is Google Google exist at that time? Uh. <laughs> All right, we've got a great show ahead. Mm-hmm. We really do. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Every driver knows the cost of replacing tires is a major expense. What if you could save on tire costs without sacrificing performance or safety? Consider retreads, a sustainable, cost-effective way to rack up your miles. You may already know that retread tires offer a cost savings, but what else do you know about them? You may be surprised to learn that more than 80% of all aircraft tires in the U.S. today are retreads. From fighter jets to school buses, retreads move some of the most important cargo across many industries. They can also help you move your load, too. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Yep. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Carley. So you have a good weekend. Family doing great? Yeah, it was a great weekend. I got to hang out uh, with my kids on Saturday uh, and on uh, Sunday, on Father's Day, got to hang out with my dad. (laughs) It's funny because uh, we were having a conversation. I had been monitoring the World Series of Poker, which is now online. I don't know if ESPN, I haven't had ESPN in years, but... I don't know if ESPN still shows like the edited cut down version of it at some point later, but they were showing it live uh, over the weekend. It just happened to float up in my YouTube and I was telling dad about it and we started talking about names, you know, uh, and, and uh, Doyle Brunson who passed away here recently uh, was one of the, one of the guys uh, that came up in the conversation, Daniel Negreanu, Phil Ivey and all these, all these guys that, that, I have not. I have not stopped to even pay attention to World Series of Poker in a long time. There was kind of a trend uh, that was going on a ways back, and now I just it just floated up. I thought, huh? I wonder what it's like. You know what the what the table is like and the whole thing, the final table. And uh, my dad and I, and he was just popping out names and the whole thing, and we were just sitting there talking about strategies and everything else, and it was a great conversation, but. I got to spend all day Sunday with him, and that is a luxury. Uh, we're not always off on the uh, uh, that Sunday night of Father's Day, uh, and so being able to spend Father's Day with him was just great. My sister came over, um, and uh, their their bench in their backyard had had really dilapidated, and so we all pitched in and got them this really nice rocking bench for the backyard so it was good your trip was good uh trip was uh really good it was uh, actually really great to see my dad because i had i mean i'm back all the time now between now and the end of the year but yeah. i hadn't been back since april and you know he had uh you know he's he's really had bad stenosis of the back mm. and it's really painful yeah and there's just been it nothing it seemed and and after he went in the hospital they realized that part of the stress he had which they believe was 
responsible for his low blood pressure was because of the constant stress from the pain on the back. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so uh, he's been getting he's been getting ther- physical therapy. Yeah. He's going to a pain center, and I couldn't believe his posture when he stood up. And he thought I was lying. He's like, "Okay, everybody told you to say that." I went, "No, you're looking great." He looks his face looks younger. He looked great. I mean, he yeah. was just as. He was more mobile than I've seen him in a couple of years at 97 years old. Yeah. And so it was really, really a great time. We had a wonderful That's good. time. That's good. That's yep. great to hear. That so was great. We hope everybody else had a great weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. hours a night and still not enough listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website red and he's eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara good morning uh just uh, looking here at some of the polling numbers and this is from the harvard harris x poll of registered voters yeah all right and i find this it it's pretty telling because you're not talking about you. There's no way you can look at the Harvard Harris X poll and say it's a conservative pollster, right? Uh, but uh, the majority of the public see the Trump indictment as politically motivated. Uh, the Sunday, the the uh, Her- latest Harvard Harris poll showing a majority of Americans uh, uh, believe it is politically motivated and election interference. Uh, the poll shows 55% of Americans believe the indictment is politically motivated and 56% believe it constitutes election interference. Well, if you go back to um, the, the first impeachment on Trump, 
if you believe that that phone call back then was election interference, then at, in, we're talking about Democratic uh, Democrats, the rank and file, uh, then you have to believe this is election interference. And it's, you know, you see prosecutors, look, how many cases against Trump that are active right now in terms of indictments? Many want to just scoff that away, and the far left can look at that and go, oh, it's about time. But if you're being intellectually honest about it, you look at it for what it is. It's politically motivated, has been from the beginning, and that includes the whole Russian hoax thing. Well, when you see also that 65% believe Biden mishandled classified uh, information, 72% believe Hillary Clinton mishandled classified information. So the knowledge is out there. Mm -hmm. So when you'll have someone say, well, the Hillary thing's old thing, why are you bringing it up? The public understands why it's being brought up. Yep, yep. They see it for what it is, or at least the majority do. Uh, And... Uh, so you, uh, the, uh, it's, uh, the Democrats now 80% support the indictment, Mm -hmm. but independents don't. Yeah. And the public, and the public does not. Mm -hmm. Now, what makes this even more interesting is 83% of voters believe the FBI should make public its informant file that alleges President Joe Biden accepted a $5 million bribe. From a Ukrainian oligarch, that's what they should refer to him as from now on. Because if you say oligarch, then people will say, well, then Biden's guilty. Yeah, right. Just throw that word in there. Yeah. Right. If you say right. the Ukrainian business executive from Burisma, the head of Britain, they're like, huh? Just use oligarch and then right. Biden is guilty. Right. That's right. what we all know. That's now, to some of the younger people, you have to explain what an oligarch is because you say oligarch, they think Shrek. <laughs> like, no. No. <laughs> uh, the poll asked respondents, do you think that the FBI report from an informant alleging that Joe Biden took a $5 million bribe while he was vice president should be made public or kept secret by the FBI? 83% said the FBI should make the file public. Only 17% say it should be kept secret. Hmm. Among partisans, 74% of Democrats believe the files should be public. 82% of independents and 92% of Republicans. Who are those 8% of Republicans? <laughs> who are these people who say no, that it shouldn't be made public? Uh-huh. Or are those are people that just aren't paying attention to the story, so they say, bye. Yeah, right. Uh, The poll asked respondents, do you think that the FBI is fully investigating corruption allegations against Biden? Or is the FBI really uh, not really investigating them? Only 45 percent said the FBI is fully investigating Hmm. the uh, allegations. Fifty five percent said the bureau is not really investigating. And that's early on. I mean, this is all early on in this story. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, no, that's, that's the problem. That's a good point. Is. If you think about it, the story really for much of the public is just now surfacing. Mm-hmm. I mean, people who care about such things have been following this from the beginning. But when you couldn't even put 
anything on social media about it for the longest time. You know, people just thought it was a uh, bogus story uh, that started somewhere in the New York Post and wasn't true. And then all of a sudden you think about how long it took for that to become, for this whole thing to really become socially acceptable to talk about on the left. Or just in the mainstream. And it really is recent. And still a lot of the media isn't covering it. Right. But it doesn't matter. You know, you can no longer say, well, the networks won't cover it so nobody knows. No, you can't say that. Doesn't doesn't happen. The polls don't reflect that. You know, we said that in the last election. People would still call and say, well, you can't get a break because the mainstream media won't cover it so people don't know. And we said, no, they know. Right. And when you look at when we were growing up, well, okay, when I was growing up, mm. uh, you know, you only had the three networks. Yeah. And Walter Cronkite was the anchor for all three. <laughs> <laughs> and you had the three networks, you had the major newspapers. And so it's a completely different ball. And it's changed. They don't have the power that they used to uh, to have. Now, well, think about that. Because if, if you, back in the day, if you asked who was Walter Cronkite, everybody could tell you. Or who anchors the, the, the evening news, they could at least give you that name. Go out on the street and ask them who anchors the, of any of the three networks, who anchors the evening news. See if they can tell you. When you see the 83% and you see that, uh, what is it, 72% of, or 72% of Democrats, 74% of Democrats uh, say that the FBI should make the Biden bribery file public. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because they want them out. Yeah, and they they look at it. They go, we, we really don't care about the bribe. You know, I maybe some do, but mm-hmm. I do believe that. Again, I do believe there are two things that Americans still care about, and one of them is bribery and enriching yourself. And and even a significant portion of the Democratic voter cares about that, the bribery. And the other thing is if you don't pay your taxes, mm-hmm. because and murder. Well, it all depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Representative Plaskett from the Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. she said Trump should be what did she say? It was shot, and then she what did she, then what did she say afterwards? It wasn't mm-hmm. the word she was trying to use. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot what the other word. Yeah, yeah. but she's a piece of work. If you've seen her on the on the on on some of these uh, uh, congressional panels, now she's not a voting member of Congress, right? Because it's the Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. but. Uh, <laughs> You folks there, you really, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, um, I'm telling you, uh, she may, she may be worse than uh, White House, and he's a, uh, he's a voting member. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a piece of work too. I got an audio cut from him coming up mm. where he talked about, you know, the greatness of Biden over right. the weekend. It's right. like, wow, nobody's buying it. It's like you got to find a better way because you come off as looking delusional even to Republican or even to Democrats. Well, and I have to wonder if the GOP is going to put together some ads where you have, you know, it's only a handful of of Democrats, you know, but even Newsom has said it from time to time. Oh, no, he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. And you do the side-by-side where he doesn't even know where he is. You know, you know uh, the, the, White, the White House comment side-by-side with, the train, the, the train the, across the, the Indian Ocean. The White House spokesperson having to explain what Biden just said. <laughs> White House versus White House. I mean, it it really is 
bizarre, and everybody knows it. You either don't want to admit it. Was it, uh, who was it? Maureen Dowd talked about uh, her friends back when Hillary was running. They would just draw the, the blinds and lock the door, turn the TV off anytime there was negative news about Hillary. You're either completely putting your head in the sand about it, or you know it. Because it is reality. It's not, you're not, it's not a stretch. Everyone knows that Biden is incompetent. And that is, that something is going on with his brain. You understand that. And every time he speaks, he's on the world stage. And our allies and enemies laugh at us. So I think that when you see that, uh, again, 74% of Democrats want that made public, it's because they want him gone. And yeah. what backs that up? Uh, the Trafalgar uh, uh, poll that was done of only Democrats. Mm. 77.5% of Democrats want Biden to debate mm. Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm. Yeah. Right. 77%. Democrats want him gone big time. Right. And, and, and keep in mind, I mean, clearly, RFK Jr. isn't getting 77% in the polls. No. No. They just want somebody to get up there and tear him apart on the debate stage. If Newsom were as vocal as RFK Jr. has been in interviews in the media. Would his polling skyrocket? I think it would. Would Democrats. Yeah. And there would be, you would see a grassroots effort. Because here's the thing. The reason that the polling isn't isn't at this point uh, where it is, uh, where, where, you know, in, in astronomical territory, for RFK, and by the way, it's in, in very impressive territory for how he got in, the fact that he was like a rogue wave that jumped in, you know, out of nowhere. Nobody saw that mm-hmm. coming. There was no calling for him to do that. And then all of a sudden it caught fire because he was vocal. But if you looked at um, the polling for a, a Newsom, if Newsom were doing the same thing, and we're saying the same things about Biden and his party and everything else. Now, that requires, uh, you know, Newsom to be that kind of person. He's not. But but for the sake of the, the point, if he were doing that, his numbers would be huge. Yeah. They would be much higher for, than RFK uh, Jr.'s numbers. And that's because they believe RFK Jr. can't win. You know, right. long term, they they just want somebody right now. They're begging for somebody to challenge Biden from their own party on the debate stage. Yeah, because they know he's no Camelot. He's right. no. Yeah, he doesn't have the media backing like for like a John John would have if he right. decided yeah. to run. Yeah, before he unfortunately passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there is no calling for a new. There is no calling for a Kennedy. No, 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 no. There isn't. Eh, except maybe the senator from yeah. Louisiana, but. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but not on the Democrat, mm-hmm. not on the Democrat side. So, yeah, when you when you see that, it's like, whoa. Uh, and if you've seen last week, my God, Kennedy sounded like Kennedy sounded like a moderate Republican 
who talks tough on the border but doesn't vote that way. <laughs> I think that's why he's getting so much attention is that within the Democratic Party, to them, he's sounding more reasonable and less radical. And to independents and Republicans, they're looking and saying, well, wow, it's about time somebody in their, in their party sounded like this. It's, it's not that he's drawing in a ton of people. Again, I think he has fairly impressive numbers. But he's saying things out loud and promoting things passionately that people want to hear. Yeah. He's still a radical leftist, but those and, are and things a, he wants to that and, people and want con- to hear. And a conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, 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 still yeah. got part of that mm-hmm. about him, too. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, eight six six ninety red eye Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, coming up on the top of uh, the hour, Trump uh, does an interview with Brett Baer on uh, on uh, on Fox News. Well, we know what his defense is uh, going to be, at least for one of the. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, what he used as a as a uh, uh, defense. Mm. Tell you this: if I was his lawyers, I would not be happy with what happened yesterday. No, because you're talking about interview. details. Of the the charges against you. Yep. And there is no way for that not to everything you say to be introduced into the case. And there's really no way around it. I mean, we said it with, uh, with you know, whatever the strategy is going to be. He leads the legal strategy here. Or ignores any legal strategy that's been given to him if they if if they're telling him not to go on TV and talk about it. Clearly, he's ignoring that and doesn't care about that. He wants to argue the case on national mm-hmm. television. That's not where you argue the case after you've been indicted. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today and listen when and where you want. Our Red Eye Radio app, an exclusive feature of Red Eye Radio and the Red Eye Guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. You get it. We're red eye. Yeah, we're red eye. All right, let's uh, let's first play some of the uh, the audio from Trump's interview with uh, Brett Barry yesterday, and uh, then comment on it. Here we go. The only way Nara could ever get this stuff, this back, 
would be, please, 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 could we have it back? And they please. asked for that. Because they have no... We they were did ask for it. No. And they said, I gave can you give the documents back? And we were talking. And then they said they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. And in but why fairness, not just hand them over then? Because I had boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nara yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah, but I've according very, to the indictment, you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things, uh, golf shirts, clothing, pants, shoes. There were many things. I would say much, much more, not that I know of, but not that I know of, but everything was declassified. And Biden didn't have the right to do that because he wasn't president. Nor did Mike Pence, by the way, have the right to do that because he wasn't president. Right. I'm not going to belabor this. No, but, belabor Brett, this, but when I, you look I at this, to get to the other specific. presidents, when they leave, they take the papers. They have thousands and thousands. Obama had it. Nixon had it. Carter had Their it. The Bushes had it. These are super sensitive national security oh, documents. I'm sure, I'm sure, All right, so here's, I'm sure this, you'll this, see this, real super sensitive that Biden has because Biden is, has far more than anybody's ever kept. And he turned them over when asked. No, he but, didn't. But he that's, still that's hasn't he given the 1,850 boxes that stored at the University of Delaware. In fact, they're fighting them in court, right. and they're fighting them. And but he the opened boxes, up for them to look at it. Excuse me. The boxes from Chinatown, he didn't turn them over. He sent them up to his lawyer in Boston to look at before they handed them over. And there are special counsel is looking at that, and we'll see what comes well, out of it. But I do imagine. want to just you can imagine this. I don't want to dwell on it. But according to the indictment, you were here at Bedminster on July 21st, 2021, after you're no longer president, and you were recorded saying that you had a document detailing a plan of attack on another country that was prepared by the U.S. military for you when you were president, the Iran attack plan. You remember that? Ready? You were recorded. It wasn't a document. Okay. I had lots of paper. I had copies of newspaper articles. I had copies of magazines. I know. This I is specifically a quote. You're quoted and, on the recording no, saying the document was secret, adding that you could have declassified it while you were president, but, quote, now I can't. You know this is still secret, highly confidential. And the indictment cites the recording and the testimony from people in the room saying you showed it to people there that day. So you say on this on sure. tape it says just the opposite. that you can't and, declassify and it, so why have it? What I, said, what I said that I couldn't declassify it now, that's because I wasn't president. I, I never made any bones about that. When I'm not president, I can't declassify it. That's what you said. You didn't I said declassify that. it. I said, no, no. I said I couldn't declassify it. I could have but that declassified wasn't a document, it. Brett. There was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I'm just saying. All right. So uh, uh, first off, as we said all along, this is a political prosecution. You know, the, yeah. the argument that all presidents do it, they do. They take classified mm-hmm. documents uh, they they take classified documents uh, 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 with them, and then there's a negotiation that uh, that uh, that goes on. And other presidents have taken highly classified uh, documents. The politics part of it, where I we've always felt that the Department of Justice feels we can get Trump, is the things that he was talking about right there, mm-hmm. where he was saying, you know, I'm, you know, here I am, you know, here's what I'm holding up here, that and the indictment says that the people, you know, saw the document apparently, and they're willing to testify that that was 
the uh, the, uh, the the document. Trump's claiming that it is uh, not. But then uh, in the indictment, from what the indictment, we're, we'll just leave what Trump has responded just in the background for a moment. What the indictment says is, you know, Trump was waving it around and claiming that, you know, he didn't declassify it. Uh, and it's and it's a secret and he can't declassify it now because he's no longer president. Mm. That to me is the politics that they felt that they could because in the indictment of that action is politically how they could go after Trump and not anybody else. The part with his former valet who was his aide where he was then telling him in uh, the allegation in the indictment to move the stuff in essence does it is it an is it implied or will the justice department have more evidence saying no and will the uh, the aide flip on trump mm-hmm. when when he is prosecuted say no 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 he wanted to hide it uh, uh, from them it doesn't matter that you know his where he said for example i have you know golf and personal items in it That really didn't make sense at all because it's like I'm very busy. You know, it's a year and a half later. That's not that's not going to fly with the Justice Department. That's not going to fly. But the problem is here for the the prosecution now. And again, we don't believe this should have been brought to a prosecution because there was no criminal intent. Why Trump did it? Nobody. That's the big question. You know, why did he do what he is? What he is saying the truth? Was he trying to? You know, I needed to get my golf equipment out of there. That'll be in court. But the problem for the prosecution is, and we had said this last week, that they have to prove that that document was a top secret document that he was holding. Right. And Andrew McCarthy was saying that this is not going to get, he cannot see this getting to trial before next year, before Mm -hmm. the election next year. It will be after the election, that this will actually get to trial. And part of the discovery process is the fact that negotiating with the federal government and with the Department of Justice what they can declassify. If they can't can't prove, for example, if that is an Iran war document, hypothetically, if Trump was holding that up, they have to present that or a substitute that satisfies the judge, whatever a substitute would be. Mm. It's just I'm telling you what McCarthy said. And if they can't do it, if they can't say, look, we need the how do you know it was the document right. that he was holding? How do you know he wasn't holding newspapers? If they can't present that document because it's too highly classified, they can't go with that charge, according to McCarthy. Right. Or, well, they or, have the, or a substitute, but I don't know what a substitute would be because you've got to have that yeah. document there. I, I, and, and, and that's it, is that there is no larger crime, as we have said, that this right. is, you know, there is no, this is not building on to some other larger crime. So the purpose of it, you know, could be just the back and forth. Um, but that really isn't, again, that's not going to be a, a, a criminal discussion. That's not going to be. Part of the discussion in the, in the legal set, setting inside the courtroom because it doesn't go anywhere. There's nobody, even the prosecutors aren't saying, well, it was part of a bigger crime. It wasn't. And so then which, you look is, at it. Which is, by the way, Trump, why Trump was using the term because it caught me off guard. I mean, what's he talking about? 
when he said Chinatown, that's where, you know, the University of Delaware, with all the investment of Chinese money yeah, yeah. into the, I mean, that's yeah, why he called right, it, right. that's why he called it Chinatown. Right. right. Uh, but if, if you're looking at, at, uh, at the Biden situation, and if that document that was at the house, forget about University of Pennsylvania, that document that was at the house that Comer says was about Ukraine, mm-hmm. if they can figure that out in, into the fact that that's part of the alleged bribe right. and the information that they were able to to give or transfer back and forth to whoever in Ukraine that's part of it, then that's a criminal act. And that will get you. That will get you jail time. And what Hillary did to avoid the Freedom of Information Act should have she, gotten her jail time. Right. Yeah. She committed a crime in order to in in order to not obey the law. Right. There was a reason that she did it because she didn't want the government to see what was going to be on her server while Secretary of State through the Freedom of Information Act. If you look at those situations, the Biden situation, the Biden document, you look at the other documents that Biden had. You look at Hillary's server. Those are known quantities, known items. It is not known what document uh, Trump was holding up in that moment. And so there is the, as as Andrew McCarthy points out, uh, the burden, and and we've said the burden of proof is on the the prosecution. But on that, it's going to be especially difficult to prove exactly what document he was holding up. And if they can... McCarthy goes on to make the 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 a very strong point, and that is, if it is a top secret, then they're not going to be able. There's they're just not going to be able to move through that. They're they're not going to if they can't present this in discovery. Then where do you go with it? I, because that's the thing. I tend to believe that they they know and knew from the beginning which is why they timed it this way, that it wouldn't go to trial before Election Day. And the point is not necessarily to go to trial, right. to once again hang the cloud politically. And and since you had Hillary didn't talk and Biden won't talk and Trump's talking, uh, the Justice Department, I believe, views that Trump is more prosecutable because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of what he has said and what he has done. Right. But basically, no, not actually what he has said yeah, what, the, his words, his yeah. words again, yeah. are the thing that they're looking at right. that say, OK, politically. Now, the polls are showing that may not be the case over the weekend, the Harvard Harris yeah, poll. Right. But this is obviously, you know, political. And what they're trying to say is and I think if they can't get because if this helps destroy the uh, the uh, uh, espionage part of it, the espionage and, and that's. That was interesting. He says the lawyer's probably going to say you can't use the word espionage uh, in there. Maybe the Espionage Act, but the, he didn't commit espionage. And that's the thing right. that will be. Right. But it sort of throws away part of the espionage charges against the Espionage Act charges against him. And then you're, you're, what you have left is obstruction of justice. Mm. Well, obstruction of justice, why? That's why he needed to shut up and not talk about the fact that, no, I wasn't going to give it back to them because it had my golf stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I'm a lawyer, I'm going, shut up! Mm -hmm. If I'm Trump's lawyers. Mm -hmm. Because what you're admitting to at that point is, I wasn't going to give it back to them. He didn't say, you know, when when Brett Baer hit him with the, you know, with his, you know, his, the other aide, you know, telling them to, we need to put these boxes, basically hide it from them. I'm not going to give it to them. He basically admitted, 
you you can make the case because you can use this in court. Mm-hmm. You can use what he said. In all likelihood, you can use what he said in court. And he admitted that he did it because he had his golf stuff in there. That yeah. was the bizarre part of it, if that's your defense. That's why I'm a lawyer, and that's why I'm saying shut it. Now, he shouldn't be still prosecuted for that because there was no criminal intent outside of well, I wasn't ready to hand it over yet. I was going to, but I w- wasn't ready yet because it had all my stuff in, but I had planned to seem to be his defense there. Mm-hmm. And at that point as a lawyer, I'm like, let us make that in court. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we asked the question, are you, are his lawyers saying uh, you shouldn't do interviews? And, uh, I mean, you would have to include rallies because he talks pretty openly at rallies and politically you're not going to be able to get away with that. You're going to have to do TV interviews. You're going to have to do rallies. There's no way and, around that. And he can he can talk about he can talk uh, in the the arena of politics because this is a political prosecution. So politically, you can talk about Biden all day and Hillary all day. The public seems to understand that in the Harvard Harris poll. Mm-hmm. But in the court of law, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter whether the right. Justice Department. Uh, when it goes after Biden or Hillary the same way they do Trump in the court, actually in the court, mm-hmm. it's do they have the evidence to do it? Right. Now, the politics of it is, I think, as we go on, and if this doesn't go, to, my God, if this doesn't go to trial for another year and a half, think about this way yeah. over the election. You right. have no idea what's going to happen by that particular time. Well, I mean, could, but, could you see where they just come in and just drop the case Yes. after the election? I mean yes. that's a real distinct yes. possibility. Yes. And and then that if you if you if you start there and back up to where we are right now. And even further, that's where I come up with this idea of, of look, it's quite possible they know that they're not going to go the full measure here. You throw the indictment the whole thing on both indictments in New York and when it happened in Florida, the arraignment thing, it was, you know, network TV. Stop their programming in the middle of the day. We're going to show the arraignment. We're going to show everything or everything we can from the arraignment. The whole thing. It's break. They know the political effects. They know how this was going to play out on the stage in the media. And I think there's. it's quite possible they know, well, we really can't go anywhere with this case. And we really don't have to because it, it just needs to linger long enough through Election Day next year. Well, unless in that time in discovery, chargers are thrown out by the judge. And There's then the that, other and, thing, and too, that, is that, Then Trump is going, wait a minute, that charge was dropped. That charge was dropped. His popularity well, keeps going up. He's elected president. And they just, well, because <laughs> they you can't. go in and you're building the basis of uh, dismissing, you know, uh, some of the charges, dropping some of the charges. If you're the defense and that's part of discovery, if you once you learn the basis of those charges and the evidence that they're trying to use, they they just may be able to successfully get to the judge and and say, hey, we want this dismissed, that dismissed along the way. And it may start to crumble on its own without the prosecutor having to do anything. That'll be interesting to watch. Well, if you can't prove that it was a document in his hand that he was saying. Then where, you, and it where was do you just, go? It was just uh, papers. Are you down to basically obstruction of justice, of obstruction of justice, of moving something because his defense, I didn't want to give it to you yet because I hadn't taken my personal 
effects out of it. Right. Is that what you want to prosecute? Which, which would a, be totally a, unprecedented. Right. And, that. And, and isn't going to go anywhere for you. I, Yeah, I think the whole thing implodes mm. if you can't prove that document. 86690-RED-EYE. Managing time is key. Successful owner-operators know that simply running hard is not enough. If it were that easy, anyone could do the job and expect the profits to roll in. It generally pays to slow down. There is a trade-off in higher costs, not to mention the increased risk for driving fast. If driving slower takes time away from you, you could find some of the ways to get it back. Never take time off during the last two weeks of the quarter or the last week of the month when freight typically is abundant. Sometimes it works to your advantage to look for loads that take you through home rather than to home. The latter can interrupt your revenue stream and require additional time to get back up to full speed again. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So, uh, and again, we're just a week into this with, uh, you know, yeah. uh, with the uh, analyzing. And again, we don't know what the Justice Department also has because discovery will be going on. Uh, but we do know what we do know, at least partly of what Trump's defense is going to be, which is I was not holding up any top secret document. Right. Prove right. that I prove that I was. Right. Which is what they will have to uh, to do as to the obstruction of justice charge. He's he's simply saying, well, yeah, I he, he basically he's admitting, yeah, I didn't give it back to them because I still had my personal stuff in. Mm-hmm. If I'm a lawyer, I'm not happy with that statement. Yeah. But it does. When you see the polling out there, the American public, the majority of the public believes it is a political prosecution. And that's a problem in Florida for yeah. a jury. Yeah, it is. When you for jury selection for the prosecution. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. Hey, Sarah Carly, and I'm Gary McMurray. I want to play this audio cut here. All right. <laughs> we're, we're, this is Catch Up Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Catch Up Tuesday. Mm-hmm. 
Not a condiment. We're just catching up, all right? Yeah. We're trying we're, to get we're trying to, from the weekend. Because there's just so much going on, and so it's like when we see something we like, we're just going to play it. This is an audio <laughs> cut from MSNBC, and <laughs> this has to be this has to be either yesterday uh, or Friday. I think it was yesterday. Hmm. And, yeah, it was yesterday because it's, uh, you know, Morning Joe and Mika. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, you know, the – the polling on Biden, especially the polling you saw, I think it was uh, Jake Tapper was just couldn't believe that Trump still after everything was still beating Biden. Yeah. And it, it sent Democrats into a tizzy. But just watching MSNBC, uh, this uh, clip here and seeing Mika just rolling her eyes mm. as Joe's talking. It's just it's great. Here we go. All right. The White House has to hear the constant drum. And we've gone through it. Joe Biden always underestimated. Joe Biden always wins. Uh, But, man, the the drumbeat just gets stronger and stronger every every week. I mean, you know, he he makes a a statement like God save the queen at the end of the state at the end of a speech. Everybody's calling going. This is the end. This is the end. You know, uh, it seems every. Did you hear Mika? Yeah. (sighs) Ah. Here we go. (laughs) Every time there's something that happens, everybody gets on the phone and they start talking and, again, overlook a lot of the successes. I mean, do they think they have a communication (laughs) problem? Do they think they need to be more assertive getting all of these wins out there? Well, being nervous is a a permanent condition for Democrats, but they are particularly nervous right now about President Biden, despite his impressive. There's no other way to say it. Impressive track record in office. <laughs> it's like, it's a have to watch this and go, okay, you're saying that because you're trying to, you know, keep us in a positive mood, but you people are delusional. Here we go. At this point, and the White House is well aware of it. They can read the poll numbers. They see the lack of enthusiasm among other, about Democrats, about Biden from 24 onward, even as they think he's done a good job. Up to this point, they certainly see concerns about the president's age. Yes, it's reinforced when he says something people don't quite understand. And no one in the White House knew what that God Save the Queen line was on Friday. We asked around. Uh, you know, they were nervous when he fell a few weeks ago on stage in Colorado, yeah. thinking that what would happen if he had, like, broken a bone or something coming in out of that fall and had to wear a cast for a while. What would that look like? And again, these are things that shouldn't matter, perhaps, because of his record. And we can, like, we can point to it. We do on the show all the time about... Uh, the resume he has, but we also have to be realistic. We're reporting what we are hearing out there, and what, frankly, what the polls suggest well, is that Democrats uh, are anxious uh, about this. Yeah, and and Rev, I, I know, you know, leaders are hearing it. The New York Times has called you. I'm sorry, that pause. This is, he doesn't even know where to go. Uh, look, look. Here's 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 the truth. Biden uh, has cognitive problems. We all know it. Mm-hmm. But I've had this conversation over the weekend. It's like people are making fun of Biden and his mistakes. That's not, you know, why are they doing that? Because he, obviously he has cognitive problems. And I said, well, that's the point. The point is his family and the Democratic Party is saying none of that exists. Right. That everything is fine. That he is fine. That he's the most, he's as aware as anybody out there. He's energetic. He's completely and totally aware of everything that he says on a consistent basis. They're denying that there's any cognitive problems. Now, with um, 
Oh, uh, the uh, I got mine blank here. The uh, the uh, pencil uh, uh, Fetterman. Mm-hmm. Fetterman over the weekend when oh. Biden was there, it was horrible. Yeah, I mean it was horrible. And then yeah. he's in that. You know, it when you have both them on stage together, it's really bad. You look at it, and if you're somebody who doesn't know what's going on, you're like, what the hell's going on with the Democrats? I mean, what in the world's going on now? Fetterman, we know, has problems because of his stroke. Yeah, right. And so you can look at the go, oh, this is serious. But his family and the Democratic Party is still fully behind him, saying. He's fine and fully recovered, and there's no problem whatsoever. Everybody knows that they're lying. That's the problem, guys. Well, everybody I mean, knows they're lying. Biden has cognitive problems. He doesn't know where he is half the time. How is Feinstein still in office? Yeah, Feinstein too. You look at that. And it's undeniable when you look at it, and and that's you're right. That's the pushback you'll get sometimes. Well, it's not. It's not funny to make fun of it. No, it's not funny. And also what's not funny is the fact that they won't admit it. The moment they admit it, they know it's over. Mm-hmm. What's not funny is the fact that right now our commander-in-chief is fully incapable. That's not funny. But I love it as they're trying to convince themselves that this this incredible, impressive record uh-huh. and great yeah. resume. It's just Wait, like... You, you, uh, you think I, because he tripped on stage... Just people just can't see how great he is right. and what a great job he's done. Man, they just keep focusing on, you know, the whole God save the queen and falling on his butt and all of that. And building a railroad across the, the Indian Ocean. And they're not focused on the, uh, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> You know, the things that he did. The thing. You know, you know the thing. The thing. You know, the thing. <laughs> the Constitution. There's a whole list. It's, uh, by the way, the list is just too long for us to go over. <laughs> exactly. Of all of his accomplishments as president. It's just too long. We only have a four-hour show every morning. We can't do that. That's just, that would be ridiculous. So don't ask us to name even one thing. Look, God even has cognitive problems. Right. God didn't communicate as well as he should. I'm waiting for that to I mean, come out. Yeah, well, look, none of us communicate the way we should. We all, we've all tripped and fallen. We've all. Oh, man. But look at his record. Look, Just look at his record. Yeah, what's on his record? I'm. T- it's time to go to break. It's <laughs> over and over again. And, and, and this is, it is, you look so foolish and delusional saying things like that you know the thing is so for for democrats though he is performing they do want open borders well uh, for all for, the things for, that for, are broken for, de- for they, democrats yeah. they they do wish there is a because they understand they do wish to destroy the grid mm-hmm. you know talking about heat now in texas right. and right oh, we're already getting warned i got warnings from my elect- electricity provider yesterday mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. And, I, and i saw an incredible heat wave it's going to be a hundred that's normal now, in Texas. They may complain about the higher crime, but they're okay with defunding the police because right. they called for it. Right. Yeah. Defunding the police, the, the the higher crime, this is all what they want. So, of course, they look at it and go, what an incredible record mm-hmm. uh, this is. The inflation that we've seen from the spending mm-hmm. that happened, the debt that we have uh, right now that's that's not going away, the yeah. lack of economic yeah. uh, growth. They're right. moving away from uh, of fossil fuels to mm. an economy that they wish to have where the taxpayer has to subsidize non-profitable forms of energy. Right. I mean, they view that as something that's... A, so in their world, 
It is excellent. Mm-hmm. Look at all the things that he has accomplished. Look, he's giving civil rights to children. Right. Because he believes that children should be allowed to mutilate their bodies without the permission of parents or even doctor's advice. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, giving civil Far left is totally on board. Yeah, we're giving civil rights to children. Doggone it, he's pushing the biological males should compete against biological <laughs> females. Yeah. Misogyny and sexism, that's what we are doing as a, as a Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And it's an incredible thing that we're doing as a Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So, of course, from their point of view, they're doing everything. The American public's looking at it going, are you people delusional or what? Yeah. Because you sound stupid when you say things like... You think it's because he falls and says some really ridiculous things that people can't see his incredible list of accomplishments as president? You think that's what it is? You think? Because everybody's losing their mind over him falling on stage or saying God save the queen when nobody knows what the hell that means. The the Democrats believe that moving the Major League Baseball All-Star game from Georgia... Because the president lied and race baited about the Georgia election law Mm -hmm. and told lies and acted like a white supremacist hate crime leader Mm -hmm. who would lie in order to create people of different races hating each other based on a lie. They view that as a success. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. And so they view that as a wonderful accomplishment. Uh, for the, uh, the 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 president, the fact that he practices identity politics, that is the core mission of the Democratic Party, which is judging people as groups and not individuals. That's oh, a yeah. goal of the Democratic Party. That's what they wish to do. Mm-hmm. The fact that he acts that was horrible. I mean, the the statement that he made about the Chinese balloon just blew the entire trip. Any any chance that they thought of, and I don't think they're going to have any success to begin with because watching Blinken out there. Oh. Well, President Xi says that you've agreed on on uh, uh, you know to continue uh, 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 talks on things that you agree on. Can you tell us what you agree on? No, but we can tell you that we're working hard to figure out what we're going to agree on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this the administration. I was waiting is, for the word framework yeah, from Blinken. Oh, we didn't get, <laughs> we didn't even get the framework, did we? We have the framework. I mean, it's just it's there's yeah. there's just you know the 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 line about Afghanistan, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the line about the balloon, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it, it just keeps piling up, and they sit there and they keep. I just love it though because you and I both recognized it immediately. It's like they keep talking about it. they they then they, then they want to up it up a little bit. Like, well, he's just doing an incredible job, a fantastic job. Can't they see what a wonderful, incredible, dynamic president he is? I'm waiting for them to say, he's much better so far than Obama ever was. <laughs> I love Obama getting back in again. Yeah, right. Going after Tim Scott, mm-hmm. Mr. Identity Politics himself. Yeah. And you know, Obama talking race. Mm-hmm. Obama can't talk race anymore. Remember, race is a social construct. Right. According to him. Right. Yeah, he closed that down. Yeah, you're not really black. You're what you think you are. That right. came from Obama in his exit interview with, I believe it was the Atlantic magazine. Mm-hmm. Obama said it. Mm-hmm. Race is a social construct. That's right. How, how many liberal blacks believe that? Right. Black really isn't a color of his skin. It's what you think it's what you, you are. think you are. This is getting to be too easy. 
It really no, is. No, it really is. Democrats at least challenge us a little bit. You would think. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, coming up following the top of uh, the hour. Wow. <laughs> A couple of liberal circular firing squad updates here. Mm. Uh, uh, really right. good. Hey, just want to make note of this, so I saw this headline. Colin Kaepernick says he partnered with Marxist editors for his book because black liberation simply isn't possible under capitalism. The reason I bring this up mm-hmm. is let's go way, way back to when this all started. With Colin Kaepernick. Remember the yeah. kneeling? Yeah, yeah. And we said this isn't about police for him, remember? Right. And we had callers from some liberals listening to our audience. Why are you guys against Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick wanting to stop, uh, you know, police brutality? He said, mm-hmm. well, number one, he's lying about the systemic. That's where that all began. That's where the effort to paint all police departments are systemically racist came was Colin Kaepernick. We brought up the Marxist bent to it all, that Marxism was driving all of this with Kaepernick. And remember the um, remember when he talked about how great Cuba was and you had the I believe it was a Miami Herald uh, reporter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was, uh, you know, from a, a, a Cuban uh, who blasted Kaepernick. And we said this is a much bigger picture to this. It's not about this. And I would tell this to people, and they were like, well, no, he's just trying to do good. No, he's not. He's a Marxist. Oh, you're just throwing that out. We weren't throwing that out. No. And there it is right there. So I know it's how many years later? Oh, my gosh. Is that 2015? I was going to say it's seven or eight years at least. Yeah. 2015? Yeah. 20, yeah. And, and we had said it, and there it is. Colin yeah. Kaepernick says he partnered with Marxist editors because black liberation simply is impossible under capitalism. So you get it with Marxism and communism. Ah, right. I mean, it's yeah, that's so, going to work. I mean, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah that, that'll work. That's where you get you. That's where you get equality mm-hmm. under Marxism. Right. A one party system. Yeah. Everybody is treated the same. Yeah. As slaves. That's right. Equally horrible that's treatment for everyone. everyone. I'm Colin Kaepernick and I'm proposing equally horrible treatment for everyone, that is the political mindset that I hold because I am not just a mm, second-string football player. I mm-hmm. am an intellectual. Yes. Right. <laughs> we should really listen more. When I saw that, I said, okay, i got to make sure we mention it because it goes all yeah. the way back. No, it's exactly when, what we, when we, we were said. Getting, we were getting some pushback back then. You guys yep. are, yeah, man. No, we know what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it was, if you were listening, yep. it wasn't hard. No. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, 
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today and listen when and where you want. Our Red Eye Radio app, an exclusive feature of Red Eye Radio and the Red Eye Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You get it? We're red eye. Yeah, we're red eye. All right, let's uh, let's first play some of the uh, the audio from Trump's interview with uh, Brett Baer yesterday, and uh, then comment on it. Here we go. The only way Nara could ever get this stuff, this back, would be please, 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 could we have it back? And they please, asked for that. because they have no. We they were did talking. Ask for it. No, and they said, I gave "Can you give some, the documents back?" And we were talking, and then they said they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. And in but why fairness, not just hand them over then? Because I had boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nara yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah, but I've according very, to the indictment, you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things, uh, golf shirts, clothing, pants, shoes. There were many things. I would say much, much more, not that I know of, but not that I know of, but everything was declassified. And Biden didn't have the right to do that because he wasn't president. Nor did Mike Pence, by the way, have the right to do that because he wasn't president. Right. I'm not going to belabor this. No, but, belabor Brett, this, but when I, you I look at this, to get to the other specific. presidents, when they leave, they take the papers. They have thousands and thousands. Obama had it. Nixon had it. Carter had Their it. The Bushes is that had these it. are super sensitive national security oh, documents. I'm sure, I'm sure, All right, so here's, I'm sure you'll see is, real super sensitive that Biden has because Biden has far more than anybody's ever kept. And he turned them over when asked. No, he but, didn't. He that, still hasn't he given the 1,850 boxes that stored at the University of Delaware. In fact, they're fighting them in court, right. and they're fighting them. And but he the opened boxes, up for them to look at it. Excuse me. The boxes from Chinatown, he didn't turn them over. He sent them up to his lawyer in Boston to look at before they handed them over. And their special counsel is looking at that, and we'll see what comes well, out of it. But I do imagine. want to just you can end imagine with this. I don't want to dwell on it. But according to the indictment, you were here at Bedminster on July 21st, 2021, after you're no longer president, and you were recorded saying that you had a document detailing a plan of attack on another country that was prepared by the U.S. military for you when you were president, the Iran attack plan. You remember that? Ready? You were recording. It wasn't a document. Okay. I had lots of paper. I had copies of newspaper articles. I had copies of magazines. I know. This I is specifically a quote. You're quoted and, on the no, recording and, saying the document was secret, adding that you could have declassified it while you were president, but, quote, now I can't. You know this is still secret, highly confidential. And the indictment cites the recording and the testimony from people in the room saying you showed it to people there that day. So you say on this on tape it's just the opposite. that you can't and, declassify and it, so why have it? What I, said, what I said that I couldn't declassify it now, that's because I wasn't president. I, I never made any bones about that. When I'm not president, I can't declassify it. And that's what you said. You didn't I said declassify that. it. I said, no, no. I said I couldn't declassify it. I could de- have but that declassified wasn't a document, it. Brett. 
There was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I'm just saying. All right. So uh, uh, first off, as we said all along, this is a political prosecution. You know, the the argument that all presidents do it, they do. They take classified Mm -hmm. documents. Uh, they they take classified documents uh, 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 with them, and then there's a negotiation that uh, that uh, that goes on. And other presidents have taken highly classified uh, documents. The politics part of it, where I we've always felt that the Department of Justice feels we can get Trump, is the things that he was talking about right there, mm-hmm. where he was saying, you know, I'm, you know, here I am, you know, here's what I'm holding up here, that and the indictment says that the people, you know, saw the document apparently, and they're willing to testify that that was the uh, the, uh, the the document. Trump's claiming that it is uh, not. But then uh, in the indictment, from what the indictment, we're, we'll just leave what Trump has responded just in the background for a moment. What the indictment says is, you know, Trump was waving it around and claiming that, you know, he didn't declassify it, uh, and it's and it's a secret and he can't declassify it now because he's no longer president. Mm. That to me is the politics that they felt that they could because in the indictment of that action is politically how they could go after Trump and not anybody else. The part with his former valet who was his aide where he was then telling him in uh, the allegation in the indictment to move the stuff in essence does it is it an is it implied or will the justice department have more evidence saying no and will the uh, the aide flip on trump when when he is prosecuted say no 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 he wanted to hide it uh, uh, from them it doesn't matter that you know his where he said for example i have you know golf and personal items in it that really didn't make sense at all because it's like I'm very busy. You know, well, it's a year and a half later. That's not that's not going to fly with the Justice Department. That's not going to fly. But the problem is here for the the prosecution now. And again, we don't believe this should have been brought to a prosecution because there was no criminal intent. Why Trump did it? Nobody. That's the big question. You know, why did he do what he is? What he is saying the truth? Was he trying to? You know, I needed to get my golf equipment out of there. That'll be in court. But the problem for the prosecution is, and we had said this last week, that they have to prove that that document was a top secret document that he was holding. Right. And Andrew McCarthy was saying that this is not going to get, he cannot see this getting to trial before next year, before Mm -hmm. the election next year. It will be after the election, that this will actually get to trial. And part of the discovery process is the fact that negotiating with the federal government and with the Department of Justice what they can declassify. Yeah, if they right. can't if they can't prove, for example, if that is an Iran war document, hypothetically, if Trump was holding that up, they have to present that or a substitute that satisfies the judge, whatever a substitute would be. Mm. It's just I'm telling you what McCarthy said. And if they can't do it, if they can't say, look, 
we need the how do you know it was the document right. that he was holding how do you know he wasn't holding newspapers if they can't present that document because it's too highly classified they can't go with that charge according to McCarthy right or well, they or, have the, or a substitute but i don't know what a substitute would be because you've got to have that yeah. document there I, I and 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 that's it is that there is no larger crime as we have said that this right. is, you know, there is no, this is not building on to some other larger crime. So the purpose of it, you know, could be just the back and forth. Um, but that really isn't, again, that's not going to be a, a a criminal discussion. That's not going to be part of the discussion in the, in the legal set, setting inside the courtroom because it doesn't go anywhere. There's nobody, even the prosecutors aren't saying, well, it was part of a bigger crime. It wasn't. And so... Then you which look is, at it. Which is, by the way, Trump. why Trump was using the term, because it caught me off guard. What's he talking about when he said Chinatown? That's where, you know, the University of Delaware, with all the investment of Chinese money yeah, yeah. into the, I mean, that's yeah, why he called right, it, right. that's why he called it Chinatown. Right. right. Uh, but if if you're looking at, at, uh, at the Biden situation, and if that document that was at the House, forget about University of Pennsylvania, that document that was at the House that Comer says was about Ukraine. Mm-hmm. If they can figure that out in, into the fact that that's part of the alleged bribe right. and the information that they were able to to give or transfer back and forth to whoever in Ukraine, that's part of it, then that's a criminal act. And that will get you that will get you jail time. And what Hillary did to avoid the Freedom of Information Act should have she, gotten her jail time. Right. Yeah. She committed a crime in order to in, in order to not obey the law. Right. There was a reason that she did it because she didn't want the government to see what was going to be on her server while secretary of state through the Freedom of Information Act. If you look at those situations, the Biden situation, the Biden document, you look at the other documents that Biden had, you look at Hillary's server. Those are known quantities, known items. Mm -hmm. It is not known what document uh, Trump was holding up in that moment. And so there is the, as as Andrew McCarthy points out, uh, the burden, and and we've said the burden of proof is on the the prosecution. But on that, it's going to be especially difficult to prove exactly what document he was holding up. And if they can... McCarthy goes on to make the 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 a very strong point, and that is, if it is a top secret, then they're not going to be able. There's they're just not going to be able to move through that. They're they're not going to if they can't present this in discovery. Then where do you go with it? I because that's the thing. I tend to believe that they they know and knew from the beginning which is why they timed it this way, that it wouldn't go to trial before Election Day. And the point is not necessarily to go to trial, right. to once again hang the cloud politically. And and since you had Hillary didn't talk and Biden won't talk and Trump's talking, uh, the Justice Department, I believe, views that Trump is more prosecutable because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of what he has said and what he has done. Right. But basically, no, not actually what he has said yeah, well, the, his words, his yeah. words again, yeah. are the thing that they're looking at right. that say, OK, politically. Now, the polls are showing that may not be the case over the weekend, the Harvard Harris yeah, poll. Right. But this is obviously, you know, political. And what they're trying to say is and I think if they can't get because if this helps destroy 
the uh, the uh, uh, espionage part of it, the espionage, and, and that's, by the way, it was interesting. It says the lawyer's probably going to say you can't use the word espionage uh, in there. Maybe the Espionage Act, but the, he didn't commit espionage, and that's the thing right. that will be. Right. But it sort of throws away part of the espionage charges against the Espionage Act charges against him, and then you're, you're, what you have left is obstruction of justice. Mm. Well, obstruction of justice, why? That's why he needed to shut up and not talk about the fact that, no, I wasn't going to give it back to them because it had my golf stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm a lawyer, I'm going, shut up! Mm-hmm. If I'm Trump's lawyers. Mm-hmm. Because what you're admitting to at that point is, I wasn't going to give it back to them. He didn't say, you know, when, when Brett Baer hit him with the, you know, with his, you know, his, the other aide, you know, telling them to, we need to put these boxes, basically hide it from them. I'm not going to give it fr- to them. He basically admitted you, you can make the case because you can use this in court. Mm-hmm. You can use what he said in all likelihood. You can use what he said in court. And he admitted that he did it because he had his golf stuff in there. That yeah. was the bizarre part of it. If that's your defense, that's why I'm a lawyer. And that's why I'm saying shut up. Now, he shouldn't be still prosecuted for that because there was no criminal intent outside of, well, I wasn't ready to hand it over yet. I was going to, but I w- wasn't ready yet because it had all my stuff in, but I had planned to seem to be his defense there. Mm-hmm. And at that point as a lawyer, I'm like, let us make that in court. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we asked the question, are you, are his lawyers saying uh, you shouldn't do interviews? And, uh, I mean, you would have to include rallies because he talks pretty openly at rallies and politically you're not going to be able to get away with that. You're going to have to do TV interviews. You're going to have to do rallies. There's no way and, around that. And he can he can talk about all, he can talk uh, in the the arena of politics because this is a political prosecution. So politically, you can talk about Biden all day and Hillary all day. The public seems to understand that in the Harvard Harris poll. Mm-hmm. But in the court of law, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter whether the right. Justice Department. Uh, when it goes after Biden or Hillary the same way they do Trump in the court, actually in the court, mm-hmm. it's do they have the evidence to do it? Right. Now, the politics of it is, I think, as we go on, and if this doesn't go to, my God, if this doesn't go to trial for another year and a half, think about this way yeah. over the election. You right. have no idea what's going to happen by that particular time. Well, I mean, could, but, could you see where they just come in and just drop the case Yes, after the election? I mean yes. that's a real distinct yes. possibility. Yes, and and then that if you if you if you start there and back up to where we are right now, and even further, that's where I come up with this idea of, of look, it's quite possible they know that they're not going to go the full measure here. You throw the indictment, the whole thing, on both indictments in New York. And when it happened in Florida, the arraignment thing, it was, you know, network TV. Stop their programming in the middle of the day. We're going to show the arraignment. We're going to show everything or everything we can from the arraignment. The whole thing, it's break. They know the political effects. They know how this was going to play out on the stage in the media. And I think there's. it's quite possible they know, well, we really can't go anywhere with this case. And we really don't have to because it, it just needs to linger long enough through Election Day next year. Well, unless in that time in discovery, chargers are thrown out by the judge. 
And There's then, the that, other and, thing and too, that, then Trump is going, wait a minute, that charge was dropped. That charge was dropped. His popularity well, keeps going up. He's elected president. And they just Well, because <laughs> they you go in and you're building the basis of uh, dismissing, you know, uh, some of the charges, dropping some of the charges if you're the defense. And that's part of discovery. If you once you learn the basis of those charges and the evidence that they're trying to use, they they just may be able to successfully get to the judge and, and say, hey, we want this dismissed, that dismissed along the way. And it may start to crumble on its own without the prosecutor having to do anything. That'll be interesting to watch. Well, if you can't prove that it was a document in his hand that he was saying. Then where, you, and it where was do you just, go? It was just uh, papers. Are you down to basically obstruction of justice of obstruction of justice of moving something because his defense, I didn't want to give it to you yet because I hadn't taken my personal effects out of it. Is right. that what you want to prosecute? Which, which would a, be totally a, unprecedented. Right. And, that. and and isn't going to go anywhere for you. I, yeah, I think the whole thing implodes mm. if you can't prove that document. 866-90-RED-EYE. Managing time is key. Successful owner-operators know that simply running hard is not enough. If it were that easy, anyone could do the job and expect the profits to roll in. It generally pays to slow down. There is a trade-off in higher costs, not to mention the increased risk for driving fast. If driving slower takes time away from you, you could find some of the ways to get it back. Never take time off during the last two weeks of the quarter or the last week of the month when freight typically is abundant. Sometimes it works to your advantage to look for loads that take you through home rather than to home. The latter can interrupt your revenue stream and require additional time to get back up to full speed again. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So, uh, and again, we're just a week into this with, uh, you know, yeah. uh, with the uh, analyzing. And again, we don't know what the Justice Department also has because discovery will be going on. Uh, but we do know what we do know, at least partly of what Trump's defense is going to be, which is I was not holding up any top secret document. Right. Prove right. that I prove that I was. Right. Which is what they will have to uh, to do as to the obstruction of justice charge. He's he's simply saying, well, yeah, I, he, he basically he's admitting, yeah, I didn't give it back to him because I still had my personal stuff in. Mm-hmm. If I'm a lawyer, I'm not happy with that statement. Yeah. But it does. When you see the polling out there, the American public, the majority of the public believes it is a political prosecution. And that's a problem in Florida for yeah. a jury. Yeah, it is. When you for jury selection for the prosecution.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. Hey, Sarah Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I want to play this audio cut here. All right. Just, uh, we're, we're tra- this is Catch Up Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Catch Up Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Not a condiment. We're just catching up. All right. Yeah. We're trying we're, to get we're trying from to, the weekend. Because there's just so much going on. And so it's like when we see something we like, we're just going to play it. This is an audio <laughs> cut from MSNBC. And right. <laughs> this has to be this has to be either yesterday uh, or Friday. I think it was yesterday. Hmm. And, yeah, it was yesterday because it's, uh, you know, Morning Joe and Mika. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, you know, the, the polling on Biden, especially the polling – you saw, I think it was uh, Jake Tapper was just couldn't believe that Trump still after everything was still beating Biden. Yeah. And it, it sent Democrats into a tizzy. But just watching MSNBC, uh, this uh, clip here and seeing Mika just rolling her eyes mm. I mean, as Joe's talking, it's just it's great. Here we go. All right. The White House has to hear the constant drum. And we've gone through it. Joe Biden always underestimated. Joe Biden always wins. Uh, but, man, the, the, the drumbeat just gets stronger and stronger every every week. I mean, you know, he, he makes a, a statement like God save the queen at the end of the state, at the end of a speech. Everybody's calling, going, this is the end. This is the end. He, you know, it, it seems every. Did you hear Mika? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Uh, here we go (laughs) every time there's something that happens everybody gets on the phone and they start talking and again overlook a lot of the successes i mean do they think they have a communication (laughs) problem do they think they need to be more assertive getting all of these wins out there well, being nervous is a, a permanent condition for Democrats, but they are particularly nervous right now about President Biden, despite his impressive. There's no other way to say it. Impressive track record in office. <laughs> it's like, it's Democrats have to watch this and go, OK, you're saying that because you're trying to, you know, keep us in a positive mood. But. You people are delusional. Here we go. At this point, and the White House is well aware of it. They can read the poll numbers. They see the lack of enthusiasm among other about Democrats, about Biden from 24 onward, even as they think he's done a good job to this point. They certainly see concerns about the president's age. Yes, it's reinforced when he says something people don't quite understand. And no one in the White House knew what that God Save the Queen line was on Friday. We asked around. Uh, you know, they were nervous when he fell a few weeks ago on stage in Colorado, uh, thinking that what would happen if he had, like, broken a bone or something coming in out of that fall and had to wear a cast for a while? What would that look like? And, again, these are things that shouldn't matter, perhaps, because of his record. And we can, they, we can point to it. We do on the show all the time about uh, the resume he has. But we also have to be realistic. We're reporting what we are hearing out there. And, what, frankly, what the polls suggest well, is that Democrats are uh, anxious about this. Yeah. And, and Rev, I, I know, you know, leaders are hearing it. The New York Times has called you. I'm sorry, that pause. This is, he doesn't even know where to go. Uh, look, look, here's, here's, here's the truth. Biden uh, has cognitive problems. We all know it. Mm-hmm. But I've had this conversation over the weekend. It's like people are making fun of Biden and his mistakes. That's not... You know, why are they doing that? Because he, obviously he has cognitive problems. And I said, well, that's the point. 
the point is his family and the Democratic Party is saying none of that exists. Right. That everything is fine. That he is fine. That he's the most, he's as aware as anybody out there. He's energetic. He's completely and totally aware of everything that he says on a consistent basis. They're denying that there's any cognitive problems. Now, with... um, Oh, uh, the uh, I got mine blank here. The uh, the uh, pencil uh, uh, Fetterman, mm-hmm. Fetterman over the weekend when oh. Biden was there, it was horrible. Yeah, I mean it was horrible. And then yeah. he's in that you know it when you have both them on stage together, it's really bad. You look at it, and if you're somebody who doesn't know what's going on, you're like, what the hell's going on with the Democrats? I mean, what in the world's going on now? Fetterman, we know has problems because of his stroke. Yeah, right. And so you can look at the oh, this is serious, but his family. And the Democratic Party is still fully behind him saying he's fine and fully recovered and there's no problem whatsoever. Everybody knows that they're lying. That's the problem, guys. Well, everybody I mean, knows they're lying. Biden has cognitive problems. He doesn't know where he is half the time. How is Feinstein still in office? Yeah, Feinstein, too. You look at that. And it's undeniable when you look at it. And and that's you're right. That's the pushback you'll get sometimes. Well, it's not, it's not funny to make fun of it. No, it's not funny. And also what's not funny is the fact that they won't admit it. The moment they admit it, they know it's over. Mm-hmm. What's not funny is the fact that right now our commander-in-chief is fully incapable. That's not funny. But I love it as they're trying to convince themselves that this – this incredible, impressive record uh-huh. and great yeah. resume. It's just Wait, like you, you, uh, you think because he tripped on stage, just people just can't see how great he is right. and what a great job he's done. Man, they just keep focusing on you know the whole God save the Queen and falling on his butt and all of that and building a railroad across the Indian Ocean. And they're not focused on the uh, that. <laughs> Uh, you know, the things that he did. The thing. You know, you know the thing. The thing. You know, the thing. <laughs> the Constitution. There's a whole list. It's, uh, by the way, the list is just too long for us to go over. <laughs> exactly. Of all of his accomplishments as president. It's just too long. We only have a four-hour show every morning. We can't do that. That's just, that would be ridiculous. So don't ask us to name even one thing. Look, God even has cognitive problems. Right. God didn't communicate as well as he should. I'm waiting for that to I mean, come out. Yeah, well, look, none of us communicate the way we should. We all, we've all tripped and fallen. We've all. Oh, man. But look at his record. Look, Just look at his record. Yeah, what's on his record? I'm. T- it's time to go to break. It's <laughs> over and over again. And, and, and this is, it is, you look so foolish and delusional saying things like that. You know, the thing is, though, for, for Democrats, though, he is performing. They do want open borders. Well, uh, for, all for, the things for, that for, are broken. For, de- they, for Democrats, yeah. they, they do wish there is a, because they understand, they do wish to destroy the grid. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about heat now in Texas, right. and right. Oh, we're already getting warned. I got warnings from my elect- electricity provider yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. And, I, and I saw an incredible heat wave. It's going to be 100 it's normal now, in Texas. They may complain about the higher crime, but they're okay with defunding the police because right. they called for it. Right. Exactly. Defunding the police, 
the, the, the higher crime. This is all what they want. So, of course, they look at it and go, what an incredible record mm-hmm. uh, this is. The inflation that we've seen from the spending mm-hmm. that happened, the debt that we have uh, right now that's, that's not going away, the yeah. lack of economic yeah. uh, growth. The right. moving away from uh, of fossil fuels to mm. an economy that they wish to have where the taxpayer has to subsidize non-profitable forms of energy. Right. I mean, they view that as something that's uh, so in their world, it is excellent. Mm-hmm. Look at all the things that he has accomplished. Look, he's giving civil rights to children. Right. Because he believes that children should be allowed to mutilate their bodies without the permission of parents or even doctor's advice. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, giving civil far left is totally on board. Yeah, we're giving civil rights to children. Doggone it, he's pushing that biological males should compete against biological <laughs> females. Yeah. Misogyny and sexism. That's what we are doing as a as a Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And it's an incredible thing that we're doing as a Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So of course, from their point of view, they're doing everything. The American public's looking at it and going, Are you people delusional or what? Because you sound stupid when you say things like, you think it's because he falls and says some really ridiculous things that people can't see his incredible list of accomplishments as president? You think that's what it is? You think? Because everybody's losing their mind over him falling on stage or saying, God save the queen, when nobody knows what the hell that means. The, the Democrats believe that moving the Major League Baseball All-Star game from Georgia because the president lied and race-baited about the Georgia election law mm-hmm. and told lies and acted like a white supremacist hate crime leader mm-hmm. who would lie in order to create people of different races hating each other based on a lie. They view that as a success. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. And so they view that as a wonderful accomplishment uh, for the, uh, the, the, the president. The fact that he practices identity politics, that is the core mission of the Democratic Party, which is judging people as groups and not individuals, that's oh, a yeah. goal of the Democratic Party. That's what they wish to do. Mm-hmm. The fact that he acts that was horrible. I mean, the, the statement that he made about the Chinese balloon just blew the entire trip. Any any chance that they thought of, and I don't think they're going to have any success to begin with because watching Blinken out there. Oh. Well, President Xi says that you've agreed on on uh, 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 you know to continue uh, 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 talks on things that you agree on. Can you tell us what you agree on? No, but we can tell you that we're working hard to figure out what we're going to agree on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this the administration. I was waiting is, for the word framework yeah, from Blinken. Oh, we didn't. Get, <laughs> we didn't even get the framework, did we? We have the framework. I mean, it's just it's there's yeah. there's just, you know, the 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 line about Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the line about the balloon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it, it just keeps piling up and they sit there and they keep. I just love it, though, because you and I both recognized it immediately. It's like they keep talking about it. they they then they, then they want to up it up a little bit. Like, well, he's just doing an incredible job, a fantastic job. Can't they see what a wonderful, incredible, dynamic president he is? I'm waiting for them to say, he's much better so far than Obama ever was. <laughs> I love Obama getting back in again. Yeah, right. Going after Tim Scott, mm-hmm. Mr. Identity Politics himself. Yeah. And you know, Ob- Obama talking race? Mm-hmm. Obama can't talk race anymore, remember? Race is a social construct. Right. According to him. Right. 
Yeah, he closed that down. Yeah, you're not really black. You're what you think you are. That right. came from Obama in his exit interview with, I believe it was the Atlantic magazine. Mm-hmm. Obama said it. Mm-hmm. Race is a social construct. That's right. How, how many liberal blacks believe that? Right. Black really isn't the color of his skin. It's what you think it's what you, you are. Think you are. This is getting to be too easy. It really no, is. No, it really is. Democrats at least challenge us a little bit. You would think. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, coming up following the top of uh, the hour. Wow. <laughs> A couple of liberal circular firing squad updates here. Mm. Uh, uh, really right. good. Hey, just want to make note of this, so I saw this headline. Colin Kaepernick says he partnered with Marxist editors for his book because black liberation simply isn't possible under capitalism. The reason I bring this up mm. is let's go way, way back to when this all started. With Colin Kaepernick. Remember the yeah. kneeling? Yeah, yeah. And we said this isn't about police for him. Remember? Right. And we had callers from some liberals listening to our audience. Why are you guys against Colin Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick wanting to stop, uh, you know, police brutality. He said, mm-hmm. well, number one, he's lying about the systemic. That's where that all began. That's where the effort to paint all police departments are systemically racist came was Colin Kaepernick. We brought up the Marxist bent to it all, that Marxism was driving all of this with Kaepernick. And remember the um, remember when he talked about how great Cuba was and you had the I believe it was a Miami Herald uh, reporter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was, uh, you know, from a, a, a Cuban uh, who blasted Kaepernick. And we said this is a much bigger picture to this. It's not about this. And I would tell this to people, and they were like, well, no, he's just trying to do good. No, he's not. He's a Marxist. Oh, you're just throwing that out. We weren't throwing that out. No. And there it is right there. So I know it's how many years later? Oh, my gosh. Is that 2015? I was going to say it's seven or eight years at least. Yeah. 2015? Yeah. 20, yeah. And, and we had said it, and there it is. Colin yeah. Kaepernick says he partnered with Marxist editors because black liberation simply isn't possible under capitalism. So you get it with Marxism and communism. Ah, right. I mean, it's yeah, that's so, going to work. I mean, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah that'll work. That's where you get you. That's where you get equality mm-hmm. under Marxism. Right. A one party system. Yeah. Everybody is treated the same. Yeah. As slaves. That's right. Equally horrible that's treatment for everyone. everyone. I'm Colin Kaepernick and I'm proposing equally horrible treatment for everyone. That is the political mindset that I hold because I am not just a hmm, second-string football player. I mm-hmm. am an intellectual. Yes. Right. <laughs> we should really listen more. When I saw that, I said, okay, i got to make sure we mention it because it goes all yeah. the way back. No, it's exactly when, what we, when we, we were said. Getting, we were getting some pushback back then. You guys yep. are... Yeah, man. No, we know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it was, if you were listening... It wasn't hard. No. 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being here. How's everybody doing? Everybody okay? Let me yeah. let me check. <laughs> all right, we're all okay. I'm looking here at some uh, liberal circular firing squad stories. Yeah. Climate activists forcibly dragged from event with Biden Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. Yeah. yeah, a group of climate activists were forcibly removed oh. from an event oh. Monday oh. in Eastern Michigan, where Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. Uh, also, I think we're going to be in the adult version of the movie called Clueless for adults. Uh-huh. Spoke about because she is completely and totally clueless. Yeah, I mean she is. I mean my my energy secretary Jennifer Granholm. Mm. She's completely and totally clueless. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> is. I know everybody in Michigan very very proud because they know that she can handle the energy situation. And has the technical knowledge to ensure that we have a secure energy future. Clearly. She has done a wonderful job. And let me tell you her many accomplishments. Uh, 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 You know, the thing. The thing. Security officers were seen forcing several activists to leave the event. Hosted by the Detroit Free Press. In Birmingham, Michigan, as well as uh, as others chanted anti-fossil fuel slogans outside, according to a video of the protest that was captured. The protesters are associated with Climate Defense, a radical left-wing group that calls for extreme measures for climate change. No MVP, no LNG, Granholm. You are killing us, the protesters chanted at one point. A reference to Granholm's support for the Mountain Valley Pipeline that is set to transport natural natural gas from West Virginia to southeastern states. Don't let our futures burn, the activists yelled moments later as two protesters were dragged from the event by three officers. Now, they're for it right now because an election's coming up. Yeah. That's that's why she's for the Mountain Valley Pipeline. Uh Wow. That's why the administration has come out. We all know what they wish to do. It's like, oh, it's an election coming up. Let's pretend. And then later we'll pretend we learned something that we didn't know and shut it down. Oh, we didn't know it was going to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at this here, this headline, pro-LGBT advocacy group hit with blowback. For Juneteenth tweet claiming our fight for equality is synonymous with the fight for black freedom. Mm. That's right. Mm. Celebrating the end of slavery is the exact same thing as advocating 
that young children should be able to make the decision to mutilate their private parts. The, the end of slavery is synonymous with men defining what a woman is, therefore justifying that they compete in athletics with women. Yeah. No, it's the exact same thing. The exact same thing. You're so delusional. And as always, uh, we love the way uh, Democrats get on their high horse during Martin Luther King's celebrations Mm -hmm. and during Juneteenth Uh to attempt to pound on Republicans. Republicans should embrace these holidays as the absolute perfect time to point out, because it's so easy to do so, that the racist of this country, in fact, I want to see a Republican come out and say exactly what we have said. Democrats have said that systemic racism and institutional racism is all over this country. Well, I'll tell you that systemic racism and institutional racism does exist in this country. Uh It does exist in a major power base, and that major power base is the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. Racism exists in the heart of Joe Biden. That's why he he acted like a white supremacist leader. When he told a lie about the Georgia election law in order to make people hate each other based on skin color. Mm-hmm. When he lied about it and they lied about it so Major League Baseball would move out. They lied about it. They judge people by groups and not individuals. I think Republicans should embrace any holiday that has to do with Martin Luther King or the ending of slavery in this country. Because it is the Democratic Party. There has been no greater greater bad institution than the Democratic Party in promoting slavery and Jim Crow laws. And they are still today the party where systemic racism exists in the liberal black leadership, to hold down blacks, and in the Democratic Party to promote, along with the liberal black leadership in this country, the racism against conservative blacks. It is the liberal black leadership. It's the Democratic Party that has told blacks, you all think alike or you're not truly black. Yep. We see that going on today more than ever. Republicans should embrace these holidays and pound on the fact and point where the racists are and why they are racist based on the fact that if you judge people by groups and not as individuals, that is the basis to racism. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to do because the Democrats are blunt in their racism. They're blunt in their identity politics. They don't even try to hide it. No. There you go. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we've been asking these questions for a long, long time. But look, 
let's turn to the former president. Race is a social construct. You are what you think you are. Oh, yeah. That's like Obama. Oh, man. (laughs) Let's have that discussion. It's like. Please. Obama going after Tim Scott. We said that last hour. It's like, well, excuse me, you're the one that said when you did your interview with The Atlantic that you've come to learn that racism, uh, that, the, excuse me, that race is a social construct. Right. Which means it's what you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> Do the Democrats even ever pay attention to what their leaders actually say? No. No. And remember at that point that he said that, he was no longer useful. In fact, some of them were saying it at that point. Yeah. Eh, he hasn't really done anything, and he's on his way out. And rem- always remember that identity politics, the modern identity politics movement, was a racist movement against blacks mm-hmm. who were conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It started with Clarence Thomas, and in the 90s, the attacks early on with modern talk radio that really began around 87, 88 in the United States. I was there. I was part of it when it happened. Mm. I saw it happening. Yeah. And, you you know, you look at the, the uh, conservative black talk show host at that time and the racist statements that were made towards them. Because the Democratic Party has always said and always promoted that all blacks should think alike. And if you don't, then you are not genuinely black. Remember, during the summer of 2020, black cops aren't really black. They're blue. Yep. And if you have any questions, see the angry white girl that's screaming that. Yeah, the two angry white girls mm-hmm. screaming at the black cop Yeah, yeah. that uh, he's not truly black. Right. You want racism? There it is, bluntly, right in your face. Yeah, because no one knows what it's like to be black like an angry white girl. Yes. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Seriously. You know, we talk, <laughs> we talk about the alien thing, you know, because for the longest time, think about this, going back to... Really, I, I think in in if you want to call it popular culture, but really, the the whole UFO thing started back in the forties, fifties, you know, kind of seeped into pop culture, and you know, with movies and the whole thing, and then it was, you know, oh, creatures from another being, and you know, now we're seeing them in our backyard. Clearly, there's eight to ten foot creatures, and and they're clearly from other planets. They're in our backyard, and we're looking, going, wow, that was crazy. But we look at our own society and go, yeah, this is even crazier. We really don't care what the aliens are doing or who wow. they are, where they're from. We just want to know what in the hell is going through the minds of Earthlings. Did, did, did you see where the Las Vegas police put cameras in their backyard? Yeah. it's it, And they called and they said, you know, the, the, the homeowners called and said, we think somebody put cameras back there. Then they went and they removed the cameras. Nobody knows exactly when they removed the cameras. Oh, and then there was the the talk about the, uh, you know, the men in suits, men in black suits showing up, you know. So, of course, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith showed up because uh, yet it's mandatory in the storyline. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, well, we and, and, and the whole body cam thing, right? 
well, we can't show because that's private property. We went on to private property. And there wasn't a crime, so I think that is policy for them to not show that. You can't, well, this isn't, you know, we can't do this. This is private property. We can't show you. But that, but, but the, that fact made it even more mysterious. And then... You know, but you make a great point because I did notice that, you know, you think about, I remember, for example, the uh, UFO sightings around Pensacola, where I used to live in Navarre. Mm-hmm. And now you look back at it and go, okay, had to be the stealth back then. And, the, you know, the, 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 the machinery that they were flying off, like Eglin Air Force Base. And, yeah, no, you know, I, and, I, and, yeah, and I've so always thought we, it was, it, right, it, it, but if it is from this planet, it's clearly still, some kind of military. There was thing. a huge buzz. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. now it's like these aliens appear outside this house, eight to 10 foot beans, and people are like, ah, we're really screwed up as a society. For, look, you know, look, forget look. about the yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, we, we, <laughs> it's like, could you guys give us a minute? We got to talk to the earthlings. We, yeah. we need to know what's going on with those guys. We're more curious about what's going through the minds of these people. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Stephenville, Texas, going back, I don't know how many years oh, that yeah, was. Oh, yeah, I remember that one, big, yeah. You know, the big one that just kind of hovered there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always thought, well, okay, uh, there's a, the, you know, one strong theory would be uh, military, uh, some kind of military and or NASA experience, uh, experiment, uh, or both. Um, and we're in a place now where we're having these discussions over and over again about not not discussions debates on things that are so absurd that when a reasonable person says it describes it out loud it sounds insane it sounds like something from another planet it sounds like a really horrible movie, and I mean horrible movie because nobody in their right mind would write it and and and, and believe that the audience would buy into it. That's how stupid things are getting. <laughs> you know, I thought about it. I had a great conversation. So many great things that my dad and I covered in our little uh uh, Jimmy's living room talk show <laughs> and, and talking to my dad and, and, you know, we just, we cover a number of things and there was lots of laughter. Uh, my sister and her husband were there and, 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 you know, just hanging out mom, you know, we just, just laughing about a number of things. Um, but, uh, you know, talk, covering briefly a number of topics and, you know, shaking our heads as we always do. And then on the drive home, it was like, you know, part of me wants to excuse that away, compartmentalize that these moments in in my brain as uh, you're just becoming an old man. But it's not even it's not even that. I mean, there is some of that. And by the way, I, I truly embrace that. I'm totally OK with looking out my window going, say, saying, you know, out, out my front door, you kids get off my lawn. I'm I'm OK with that. I have no problem with with that part being in that part of my life, you know, but that's not what this is. And I think a lot of people are having that moment right now where they look at things and just say, you kids just don't get it. 
You people just are <laughs> crazy. You're you're insane. No. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety red eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Just uh, looking at uh, some uh, some stories here. This one, Democrats failed to live up to their label. Benjamin Chavez, mm. a Democrat. Democrats proudly embrace their party name, using it to style themselves as champions of the average voter. This guy's a Democrat. The Democrat label dates back to the 1820s. I'm a lifelong Democrat and remain active today to ensure voting rights and equal access uh, to ballot for all Americans. Blah, 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 blah. That's a load of horse manure. But what's in a name when the Democratic Party fails to live up to its ideals? What are they talking about? Recently... Some 40 leading Democratic officials and strategists, including President Biden's former chief of staff, met in Washington, D.C. to find ways to keep potential candidates endorsed by the No Labels Party off the 2024 presidential ballots Uh in all 50 states. Okay. Okay. It's disturbing that the Democratic Party leaders now are mobilizing to limit Americans' access and choices at the ballot box. Yeah, okay. No Labels was founded in 2010 to give voice to the growing common sense majority that the American political system so often ignores. By the way, you know what that is there? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, we helped found the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus in the House and worked with Republicans and Democrats to advance the 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act and the debt ceiling deal this month. <laughs> okay. Compromise to doom should be their the no labels uh, uh, strategy. Yeah, there yeah. is a clear yeah. demand for greater choice of American politics and poll after poll. Millions of voters said they don't want a rematch of the 2020 presidential election in 24. If the two major political parties insist on nominating presidential candidates and putting forth ideas that don't appeal to most Americans, no labels will nominate a unity ticket of common sense candidates. Ideally, this uh, prospect would convince one or both parties to correct course. Were that to happen, no labels would stand down. I don't know of any conservative. If you look at where the public stands on the issues, on the issues, mm-hmm. they're squarely in the Republican Party. It's yeah. Where they are right now oh, on, yeah. the, on yeah. the issues, yeah. they're with the Republican Party. Yeah. What's no labels going to offer? Blah, 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 blah. Democrats. Blah, Democrats. Blah, 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 blah. Is what they, yeah. I mean, I'm, blah, Democrats, I believe, is what you will get from As them. long as you don't talk crazy. As long as you don't sound insane. You can just sound blah, blah, blah and get away with it. <laughs> blah, blah, blah.
Call and join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. Andy is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for uh, being here. AMC Theaters has abruptly canceled screenings of a documentary film showcasing the experiences of those that detransition following transgender surgery. They canceled screening. No Way Back, the reality of gender-affirming care, shares the stories of five young people and insight from a dozen medical experts on the harm being posed by healthcare providers pushing transitions. Producers of the film shelved the screening scheduled to begin on June 21st after intense pressure from a group called the Queer Trans Project, which did not have access to view the full documentary. Uh, Laura Becker, uh, a uh, woman who has uh, detransitioned, featured in the film, slammed the move on Monday. I think it's incredibly dangerous to set this precedent of suppressing free speech, suppressing viewpoints that basically are just unpopular or difficult to deal with, Becker said. Well, look, this isn't surprising at all. The pressure is going to be there. Understand that the radical transgender activist movement is going to ramp up the rage that they have on the pressure because they feel it now big time. They haven't had an opposition. And now the opposition is there. And the opposition is vocal. Yep. And to sit there and and I think for the average person, you'd say, okay, I don't know much about this. I'm willing to hear your side, but this is permanent. This kind of surgery is permanent. The hormone therapy, you know, can have permanent consequences. That's really, oh, these are people that did it, then regret it? Well, I think that's an important part of the story, too. Is it not? How can it not be? Why, and and this is the entire point, if you can be any gender you wish to be, why can't you say, well, this was a mistake, I'm my original gender? Why is that forbidden in the radical transgender activist movement? Works completely against the agenda and, uh, and, and also destroys their entire basis for their agenda. Think about that. If you detransition, are you not legitimate anymore in your view of gender, especially in an LGBT, I had the T for emphasis there, uh, 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 where being fluid gender is a part of it, right? We've gone through the, you know, we did this 10 years ago when Facebook came out, what was it, with their 53, 56 genders? No, gender fluid is a part of it. Gender fluid is a part of it. And by the way, gender fluid is not Bud Light, to be clear. <laughs> did you see the story? Yeah. <laughs> Was it the the CEO or one of the head honchos at Anheuser Busch was accepting an award, a marketing <laughs> award in France for innovative marketing, <laughs> and said, 
We've learned a lot from the Dylan Mulvaney experience. Uh Yeah. Learned how to be not number one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, But this is how radical they are. I mean, they're so radical, they're creating a circular firing squad. Oh, yeah. With people that apparently, according to their own definition, were fluid. Right? Yeah. Or am I wrong here? How come they don't get a say? How come the people that detransition don't get a say in the debate? Why do they have to be shut up? Are they now your enemy because they detransitioned? How dare you say it was a mistake? Yeah. And the mob will come after you if you say it was a mistake. There's no way around that. But it should be a legitimate concern for anyone. Well, wait a minute. Uh, I know somebody who's going through this. I have a family member who's going through this. Shouldn't I explore what other people experience? No. Now, AMC claims they did it because of poor uh, ticket sales up front. All right. It will find its way. Oh, yeah, it's going to be, yeah. And the demand will be very clear online. I mean, digital demand is probably going to be very robust. And the stories aren't going to stop. No. You care about their mental well-being? You care about their physical well-being? Do you actually care? Right. Or is it just, no, we're pushing one narrative and one narrative only. Mm-hmm. Actually, we don't care what happens to those human minds. Right. All we want is children to be able to decide to mutilate themselves at young ages without their parents' consent or doctor's approval. That the child gets to decide. Doesn't help our agenda move forward when we have things like this. In the, fact, it does the opposite. And and you saw, you've probably seen plenty of that over the last couple of weeks especially. Oh, so you believe that uh, 18-year-olds shouldn't be able to own guns. They should be 21 because they can't be trusted. Yet a 10-year-old should be able to uh, make the decision to cut off their body parts in a gender transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not dangerous at all. Yeah. Sell that one to the American public. Mm -hmm. And if you detransition, no, then you're the enemy. Right. And somebody is controlling your mind now. Because nobody's controlling your mind if you're 10 years old and you want to have the surgery. You have the right. But then if you turn 15 and regret it, well, somebody must be controlling your mind. You must be watching too much Fox News. The Queer Trans uh, Project took a victory lap after the film's cancellation, posting, we did it. Our community's swift action is a testament to the power of advocacy and the importance of raising our voices against harmful content. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Your collective efforts have made a significant impact, and the decision to pull No Way Back from AMC Theaters is a step towards fostering a more inclusive 
and respectful, inclusive in environment, except not inclusive to those who decide to detransition. You don't saying, care about them. Yeah, you don't care about them. They're not. A, wait a minute. We included them. What? They changed their mind. Throw fluid out the window. Well, think you about can't it. Ju- well, think about it. There must be a concern for those who are going through this in general. But if they decide to detransition, the le- and the left will say, "Well, no, uh, you know, there may be mental health issues, but you need to allow them. In fact, the law needs to allow them to make this decision as a minor." But if they want to detransition, something must be wrong with them. Yes. <laughs> That's inclusive. Like, That's being inclusive. Well, why not? Anti-racism now these days is racism. Yeah. Right. And if you are a racist, you're now an anti-racist. Right. If you're a fascist, <laughs> you're an anti-fa. Right. Antifa. Mm-hmm. You're way, anti-fascist. The way to control crime is to defund the police. Right. We can... <laughs> <laughs> we control crime by increasing crime. Mm-hmm. We secure the border by not securing the border. We improve the economy by creating inflation. <laughs> Sorry, I was wrong. I just wasn't thinking about it properly. But that's where they are in this. Yep. That if you want to detransition, something is wrong, wrong with, with you. you. And that cannot be reported. We can't even let that out. Right. And that is include. Let me see. That is inclusive and respectful. Uh Uh-huh. You just don't exist. We're wiping you out. Yes. We can't confront anything that does not fit our narrative. Right. Any truth must be banned. Why? To be inclusive and respectful. Mm -hmm. We're just doing the right thing. Wow. What sick people. Yeah, it really is. And and the more that they fight for this, the Department of Justice is going after states. Officially. And the more they fight, they lose the battle here they may think they've won something here amc saying you know no it wasn't making any money we're not going to keep it in theaters it will find its way and it by the way it doesn't even have to do that to make the point the whole thing on detransitioning is israel those stories are out there and you don't have to even sit in front of this movie to know the dangers of a young person going through genital mutilation surgery and going through something that you can't undo. Uh, As uh, Laura Becker, who detransitioned, defended the film, saying it shows the importance of addressing mental health issues rather than jumping to transgender medical treatment. She began transitioning to a male as a teenager by taking testosterone and removing her breasts. She detransitioned. At 22 years old, after being evaluated with PTSD, I think that there is a large-scale eradication of boundaries and common sense 
especially when it comes to children's developmental health. They are being fast-tracked on a conveyor belt system to getting surgery and hormones, which creates permanent change or permanent damages instead of addressing their actual mental health concerns. Uh, although <laughs> Becker said the issue is nonpartisan, no, it's not. It is partisan. Every 99.9% of the members of the Democratic Party on the federal level agree with it. The voters might not, but 99%. This is mainstream of the Democratic Party. It is a partisan issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is grateful for conservatives speaking up. There are many moderates, liberals, and independents, such as myself, and the filmmakers who are just trying to increase awareness about mental health issues and medical ethics. It's not political. It is pro-gay. It is uh, uh, pro-you-know, neurodivergent acceptance of all so-called liberal and progressive values. But in this case, the Bonners are being crossed to harm people, and the liberals are afraid to speak up about it. No, they're not. The Democratic Party is for it. It is a partisan issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She is wrong there. She may not want to admit it, but it is. Tell Tell me one Democratic member of Congress who is against it. Yeah, if she's saying they're afraid to speak up, against or, or for in support of detransitioning, yes, they are afraid of yeah. speaking up. They haven't done that. The voter, but that you look at the votes in Congress, it's 99.9% of Democrats in Congress that are for this. No, I'm saying detransitioning. In support of detransitioning, what they're promoting. No one is speaking up for no, it, it, no. for detransitioning. No, no one. No, no one is speaking no. up for them. No. In fact, they're getting their movies canceled. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. It's really interesting that that uh, even here where they talk about this uh, movie where, about uh, uh, transgenders that uh, detransitioned mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that uh, the uh, Queer Trans Project is celebrating the fact that uh, they believe they got AMC to not carry the movie talking about uh, the mental health issues uh, here. But when the Queer Trans Project says... Now this is moving our society to be more inclusive and respectful. So now inclusive means not inclusive. Right. And respectful means not respectful. Right. You shut down dissent like yeah. everything else on the left. I mean, that's being inclusive. Wait, think about think about the the ideology, the political ideology that changes the definitions of all words, yeah. common words that are used in our society and they have changed every every single issue, major issue. They have changed the definition of words to fit their particular narrative. And in many of the cases, in fact, I would say most cases, they've changed the meaning completely, 180 degrees. Yeah. Oh, what yeah, the word yeah. once meant is now the opposite of what it used to mean. Yep.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, it's that time of the year I had to break out my ERCOT app. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, The Texas Grid app. Yeah, right. And looking here, let me see. Demand, okay, that's right now what I'm looking at. Demand. 54 megawatts right now, committed capacity, 73 megawatts. Hey, we're doing okay mm-hmm. at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Don't turn your light on if you go to the restroom. Committed capacity forecast, 73 megawatts available capacity. Well, 73,227 uh, 73, megawatts available capacity. This is the forecast. Mm-hmm. Seventy three six fourteen. Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> that's very close. Yeah, there's no way it should even be. No, we're a, a massive energy producer as a state. Mm-hmm. We suck at delivering it. That by choice. Yep. By choice. It's not the well. These are idiots that don't know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're oh, no. doing. No, it's by design. Yeah, by design. And so I got my notice yesterday from my electricity provider. Hmm. Let me see what it says. <laughs> Just look at the email that I, I got. Hang on here. I've got now my. I need to get a new phone. Now my my computer my computer stalls. Now my phone just did, but yeah. I have it here. Uh, here it is. Your help is needed. Please help conserve energy. High temperatures expected to create high electricity demand throughout Texas. Please help conserve electricity by reducing your usage on Tuesday, June 20th, from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to go to sleep at 5. Mm-hmm. Small changes can make a big impact. Stay cool and comfortable while reducing your electricity usage. Set your thermostat 2 to 3 degrees higher and run your ceiling plan- fans Counterclockwise. Uh-huh. Save washing dishes and loads of laundry until the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. Unplug non-essential electronics. Thank you for taking the steps to conserve. So there you go. There's the first one of the year. And what's, let me just look at the, let me just see what the temperature is supposed to be here. Let's see if it's, you know, if this is unusual, because I did see, Heat wave, and we did have a hot, you know, couple of days last week where, I mean, the uh, what we we hit the record for uh, actual humidity, yeah, not yeah. temperature, but actual yeah. humidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's high is supposed to be a hundred. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Yeah, that's normal in Texas during uh, the summer. Tomorrow morning at uh, right about ten a.m., summer arrives officially. Longest day of the year and hot in Texas. Those are all facts. 
Hey. It's cold in Wisconsin and South Dakota in January. Yeah. There's a freeze coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's normal. I watched this couple on YouTube, and they live in Alaska, and they moved further north in Alaska. And they posted a video over the weekend that was, they said it was, I think it was the 1st or 2nd of June when they recorded it. They had snow that night, the night before. First day of June. Yeah. Um, well, you moved further north in Alaska. That's, and, and it's funny because they were talking about what we get even the further north you go, the more daylight you get, the longer the, the sun is up. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah. at, at right. this time of year. And so they were they were working out there at 9 p.m. Looks like broad daylight. Uh, and, you know, these are the things we already know. We already know that. And we know that at times the summer can be hotter and the winter can be colder. Welcome to Captain Obvious 101. And, and more and more moderate yeah. in the spring and autumn. That's right. <laughs> At times, rain will fall from the sky. <laughs> I mean, it's, but we choose this. Yeah. You must do your part. Like, like we need you to be a hero. Be a conservation hero. Now, your neighbor's got his AC set at 34, but you need to be a hero. Don't pay attention to what Tom next door is doing. You need to be our hero. Be a hero. I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to turn it up three degrees. It's already on 89. I'm going to 92. Yeah, uh, we don't have to do that. No, we don't. We choose. Not required to do that. This is by choice. And, and. When you had the uh, was it was it was the grid operators in in uh, in uh, in Cal the watchdog of the grid operators uh, in California or the United States as a whole, they said we keep getting worse every year. Yep, yep. Why? Because we're detransitioning. <laughs> maybe that's why they were yeah, upset. <laughs> detransitioning from uh, traditional consistent forms of energy mm-hmm. to unreliable and more expensive forms of energy that need to be subsidized by the federal government. Mm-hmm. And even when states, like the state of Texas, I mean, the, you want insanity? This is insanity. Yeah, it is. The state of Texas looked at the fact and said, wait a minute, we can't let what happened with Frizola a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So what do we do about it? The problem is the federal government is offering so many subsidies mm that the grid is being overtaken with wind, and we do have a lot of wind here. We are the number one, I believe, still wind power state. But it needs to be subsidized, and it's not consistent. And so the goal, the Republicans came up with the goal of actually thinking about this, building, I think it was 10 new gas generation plants Mm -hmm. that will only run 10% of the time. So natural gas that we don't have to normally subsidize or coal that you don't have to subsidize. Federal government doesn't have to subsidize for that. But natural gas, which is a reason that the United States actually a few years ago met our carbon reduction when all the other countries that were 
inside of whatever protocol was happening at that time didn't reach it is because we were using so much natural gas. But because those natural gas plants will only run 10% of the time, there will need to be higher electricity prices and taxpayer subsidies for the natural gas plants. So we're subsidizing everything from wind, solar, to natural gas, we would have to subsidize, that could kick on immediately to help support the grid in times of high heat or very cold weather. So you see the unnecessary redundancy in how the skyrocketing cost of electricity is going to is going to be there with no major change that's going to happen in the world when it comes to by the Democrats' own standard of global warming gases. Right. But we do it because it sounds good. So what happens then when Texas, a couple of weeks after Texas comes up with that proposal, Biden administration comes in and says we're going to make it harder to even do that. Yeah, right. We're going to make it so natural gas plants won't be able to exist. Right. We're going to make it so expensive. So then the so Biden administration, Democrats kick in and go, nope, we got to run the whole damn thing on solar and wind. Mm-hmm. Even though it's impossible, we need to do it. And the moment you get completely, if, if this were to happen, that any state got to complete wind and solar, they would outlaw wind and solar because that, too, is not green. Well, eventually, yeah, exactly, because that would be that would be the next uh, net zero is not zero. We're already there. I mean, that would be the next bad dog. Yeah, exactly. Most dangerous dog. Most dangerous dog. Right. Talked about for years. And that is when the uh, local authorities say, well, you can't have this dog because it's the most dangerous. So they outlaw, they ban that dog in that area. And then the second most dangerous dog immediately becomes the most dangerous dog, right? And the next thing you know, the chihuahua has to be banned. And we all know why. The chihuahua in the fur. (laughs) Exactly. Dressed in fur. Right. And then PETA gets upset because the chihuahua is dressed in fur. And then all of a sudden, Keith Morrison from Dateline is looking at your shih tzu. Well, that looks I'm like sorry. a dangerous dog. I'm sorry. I snorted there with you. That was a snort. That's a, if you heard a snort, that was me. Is that not a... No, Keith, it's not a dangerous... <laughs> but it says right here, it is. Did you see... What when, are you trying did to Did you see when Bill Hader, who does such an excellent impression of him... Yeah, yeah met when him. He met him yeah. at one time. He didn't yeah. know he was going to meet him, and all of a sudden he was... Yeah. And he does a great impression of him. I Yours isn't bad. Better, Yours isn't bad. I think mine's better, actually. But, yeah, he... Um, it, no, yours is good. I like yours. It's really good. He, what, what I love about that situation is that uh, Hader thought that they were watching a video of him doing the voiceover and that Morrison wasn't in the building. Yeah, exactly. That's and then it, right. it turned out right. that Morrison was right down the hall. Right. Yeah. So, Walk, walks in on him. That's yeah. Great. And he totally geeked out. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Hader, not Morrison. I don't know yes. that Morrison has ever geeked out about anything but yeah it was funny it was hilarious it was funny yeah um this is the dangerous road you go down when you can't and you're not going to be able to reverse it and the left knows this because they lined it out during the obama years 
you know, under my plan of cap and trade, electricity rates will necessarily skyrocket. Forget what I say about coal, whether it's good or bad. Uh, they'll have to retrofit their operations, and that will cost them, and they'll pass that cost along to the consumer. And that that's a quote. Out, that, that's a quote from Obama. Just yeah, it's it, it's almost verbatim. Right, and it is uh, talking to the uh, San Francisco Chronicle, and. Then later, there was a court case went all the way to SCOTUS, and it was a ruling against the Obama administration. And I think it was in the state of Michigan where it was based and or where the case was from, if I remember correctly. But they asked the um, uh, I forget who it was in the administration at the time. Well, is, is do you th- see this as a defeat? Well, no, because. They've already changed. They spent billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars transitioning to this new uh, system, they're not going to spend billions to go back. Yeah, and as we've seen, the only way you can rebuild it in Texas is by uh, state subsidies. So the states, which can't stop the federal government from doing what they're doing, Mm -hmm. the states coming and saying, well, since the federal government is forcing an impossible situation on this in this country that will collapse the grid, we as individual states have to prop up the grid with natural gas, but we can only we're only going to be using them ten percent of the time, mm-hmm. and it's, so we're going to have to subsidize the natural gas and increase rates in yeah. order so you don't have freezeola like we had in February of twenty one mm-hmm. when so much of this grid was shut down. We're going to have to do this. And then the federal government comes back and says, well, we're going to do everything we can to ensure that you can't build those 10 natural gas plants. Yeah, right. It's pure insanity. And it is purely only coming from the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. This is the De- now initially you had Republicans that got behind the whole global warming crap. Newt Gingrich and Newt Gingrich. Yeah, he was, he's really the one that started it for Republicans. No, he's the, I, he's the one that you could say that, that there was yeah. there was no at the time there was no more prominent conservative. No, that was on board that uh, on board that whole thing uh, than yeah. him sitting on the bench with Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Call your congressperson today. And then at the breakfast thing that where he said, look, we just need to get in line. We need to right. we need to be hip, basically, is what he was saying with the change that that was. going. In other words, that that you change your fundamental beliefs and go against those fundamental beliefs because it will help you politically. Yeah, because your fundamental beliefs are fundamentally against science and will destroy the the economic energy and national security of the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or if you're a conservative, your fundamental beliefs are don't do that and it it isn't going to work. And that's okay. You can abandon that, according to Newt Gingrich, in order to get elected. You need to do that as a party. He was telling the party that you need to do that to get elected. I mean, it reminds us of uh, uh, George W. Bush. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I had these principles and economic principles were part of, you know, what I believed until things went down. Well, no, that's exactly when you adhere to those beliefs. The situation has already happened. That was in the GM bailout. Mm-hmm. And he abandoned his principles. Yep. And he admitted it. Yep. 
Which means they're not principles. Exactly. Because you either believe in them or you right. don't. I only hold in the, I'll hold on to my principles in the good times. In the bad times, I just throw them out the window. Yeah, you're not going to ever well, see then, me at a pro-abortion what? rally holding a sign. Let's make it clear. You either believe it or you don't. 866-90-RUD-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA Safety Compliance and Enforcement Program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better, so carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thanks for uh, being here. Wow, some projections out about pay TV and cable TV. We'll get to mm. some of the, uh, the the numbers. But, man, you look at uh, cord cutting. This The Hollywood Reporter had this, that they believe that only in four years uh, you'll have just, uh, you know, I guess, Cable TV, mm-hmm. and pay TV, so it's all pay TV, cable, and uh, you know satellite, whatever, in just thirty eight percent of U.S. households. In four years, yeah, is the projection. Wow. Now I cut the cord last year, and I don't miss anything. I, don't I haven't miss. had cable in when, years, when, and I when don't you miss when it. you look at the number of free TV services out there with commercials, mm-hmm. the one thing I thought I would miss would be news, right? But I think it's uh, both. I know uh, uh, LG, the LG uh, channels, and um, oh, not Tubi. What's the other one? I can't think of it. Pluto, mm-hmm. Pluto TV. Mm-hmm. They've got like. You know, CBS, well, no, they got Fox News now, Mm. but they also have CBS News from, like, the top 20 markets where if something happens in New York, you go right to CBS New York and watch it. Yeah. And, yeah, there's commercials, but you get it. Mm -hmm.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thank you for being here. So, yeah, this is really interesting. Despite challenges, the global media and entertainment market grew in 2022, although at a slower pace than in 21, uh, with gains projected in the upcoming year. Subscription streaming video growth uh, stuttered through last year and will slow over the next five years, even though the global streaming market will further expand to $175 billion. Global TV subscription revenue will fall to $173 billion in 2027 from nearly $200 billion just a decade earlier declining at a 0.9% compound annual rate between 2022 and 2027. And the number of U.S. paid TV homes will further drop to 49.9 million homes in 2027 amid continued cord cutting, reducing uh, paid TV's presence to just 39%, excuse me, 38% of U.S. households. Mm. Yeah. Those are some of the stark takeaways from PwC's latest annual global entertainment and media out- outlook, which covers 2022 and predictions through 2027. Uh, they said sub- the subscription video on demand boom triggering uh, triggered by Netflix, which sparked streaming wars on a global and national scale, have dominated the market over the past decade, but started in 2022. As record subscriber uptake, uh, uh, excuse me, as record subscribers uh, had an uptake during the COVID-19 pandemic, it slowed dramatically, or in the case of Netflix, declined for two quarters. A new commercial reality has set in. Some players have been forced to reassess the growth-at-any-cost mentality strategy, which created an unsustainable global content arms race. (laughs) I like that. Mm. Global content arms race. Uh-huh. With that said, there's clearly more room for growth overall. It's just that this growth will be less concentrated in the hands of one or two uh, players. I know when I decided over a year ago, I'm just going to drop it. It was like, I don't know, 140 a month. And it was nothing yeah. I was really interested in. Yeah, it's... And, and so I didn't even know when I... I had no idea... What world I was heading into when I cut it all out. Mm-hmm. I did not even know. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I looked at my and my TV I bought in November of, um, let me see. I would have bought my, my TV in November of 21. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so a little over a year and a half old. And, uh. I didn't even realize, you know, I, I knew it was a computer TV and all, had all the stuff. And I was looking at YouTube and all that. But it wasn't until really I dropped everything where I dropped, you know, <clears throat> my uh, my satellite. And I realized, well, what's this? What, what is Tubi? You know, what is what is uh, Pluto? What is mm-hmm. Freebie? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's more, there's more than that. You know, there's like four or five or six different. And, you know, some of them have the same stuff on and a lot of it is a lot older content, you know, classic comedies. And it's like, well, I'd rather watch that than I'd rather watch the stuff that's on today. But they have news channels. I think OAN, OAN 
if you want to watch that. The mm-hmm. Net, or not Netflix. Um, Newsmax is on. Fox Fox uh, Now, which I don't know if they run. You know, I don't know what they run during prime time. And it's not the same thing you see on Fox, but it's still news from Fox. Yeah. And so you're able to keep up. And then when they have, I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, oh, and my TV, which is an LG TV, has its own LG channels, which are a lot of the Pluto channels. Right. And so it's actually streamless. You go from all your on-air stations and you go right to the LG TV stuff. They integrate it right in. Now you're going from over uh, over the air to streaming, but it's seamless. You just, you just, it's, I go from, you know, 68 to 111. And boom, you know, it just yeah, clicks yeah. To, to that. And so I probably have 300 channels. Now, they're showing commercials. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You know, I guess used to commercials. But then again, cable showed commercials. And they say the streaming actually in these channels has less commercial content than cable TV that you're paying for. Yeah. A lot of the channels. Right, right. And so I don't have things like USA USA that was covering, you know, had the hockey stuff. You know, they they covered hockey this year. So I didn't see any of the, the finals because the, I thought hockey was still on, you know, NBC. I couldn't mm-hmm. find it mm-hmm. this year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hockey's been – and I think a lot of that's happening to sports that, that probably aren't the NFL, right? Yeah. And, you know, some, so much of the, um, the stuff is, as an audience – the the sensibilities change in both what we want to watch and also how we watch it and how long we watch in any given sitting. Binge watching was a thing until it wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, they there were and then it was okay, someone could sit and watch I don't know, all the seasons of Seinfeld or Friends or whatever on Netflix and just keep it rolling. And to the, to the point of in their algorithm for any given user, Netflix built in a prompt. If the TV remote hasn't been activated, like you haven't paused it or something in an hour or whatever, it'll prompt. Are you still there? Are you still watching? In Mm -hmm. other words, did you fall asleep? (laughs) Um, and and now we're at the point of it's really scattered. I, I don't know how much of that changed during COVID, as a result of COVID, as a result of so many people uh, sitting in their homes looking at a screen for work and then maybe not wanting to look at a screen for entertainment as much or for as long. But now the, the time spent in front of a TV or in front of a, a device for entertainment has changed. Uh, per person in, in one sitting. And so that changes everything. I don't know how they get to a point because I looked at, um, you know, a couple of things over the weekend. I was talking about uh, the World Series of Poker, which I haven't paid attention to in a long time, but it, a, a video clip, you know, uh, 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 rose to the top of my interest in, in the algorithm on YouTube. And I was like, oh, wonder what's up with this. Oh, the purse is... million? Whoa. And so I thought, all right, I'll tune in. And I watched a couple of clips, you know, the videos that they had posted. And then the the final table was going to be online at this, uh, at a website. 
and they want you to subscribe. They give you a code for a discount, the whole thing. I was like, yeah, yeah. And so much of that, so much of the entertainment is going to that, right? Um, where you have now professional sports. Um, I don't include poker and professional sports. to be clear. <laughs> uh, But you have professional sports and other gaming. <laughs> um, and all these other things that are looking at, all right, where is the, where's the, you know, how do we build that revenue? And monetizing has been huge, especially in gaming. Monetize, monetizing has been massive. Where they used to be, like for like for uh, Texas Hold'em tournaments and where they are now, vastly different. And the way that they can monetize and the way that those uh, players can monetize or the different organizations that show, you know, it doesn't even have to be the big game or, or the big match or the big uh, World Series of Poker. It can be a special invitation, one-off or whatever, and then you throw in a couple of celebrities or high-profile uh, poker players or whatever, and they can monetize. And a lot of that is just like the, the video gamers that have been able to do this and turn it into a massive, massive, massive mm-hmm. industry. But for Hollywood, it's different. For those who want to create something, you know, uh, whether it's a TV show uh, or or something else, a game show or a movie or anything else, you know, they're still looking to get that massive audience there for the live run for, you know, and I, I don't know how you do that anymore for any one show, for any one thing. I mean, movies are have always been the same thing. We'll watch it when we watch it. I mean, John Wick 4 just hit digital last week. I didn't go to the, I wanted to go see it in theaters, didn't have the time. Same with me. Too much going on. And so now it's like, well, I'll just add it to my collection of John Wick 1 through 3. And I knew I was going to do that. And anyway, uh, eventually, I just didn't get a chance to see it well, in theaters. Well, you want decision making. Mm. There I am flying back from Buffalo and yeah. John Wick 3 or the US Open that they mm. had, you know, that they were streaming on the plane. Ah, yeah. So I had to watch a U.S. Open. It's yeah, like, okay, I right. watch John. I said, I'm I'm flying in. It's like, okay, will I will I pay for it? I go, wait a minute, I'm flying in another two weeks. Yeah, I'll watch John Wick then. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. when you look at at TV, I think the one thing that gets most people is when you're paying. And I was paying 140 bucks and getting nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have any. I don't think I had any tears at all. Right. And it was like yeah, 140 right. bucks for right. Direct TV. It was right. like, right. sorry. It's yeah. the, the value just isn't there. It doesn't matter how much money I make. It's I look at it and go anything. I'm so happy I live that way. Is the value there? The value isn't there. You're gone. And so if I want something, if I want, remember when the Christmas story two came out last year? Yeah. I got HBO for two months. Yeah. You know, you can rent it right. and then you can drop it. It's like, okay, I got to see Christmas story two <laughs> during, uh, you know, November and December when it right. came on. It's like, okay, then I'll drop HBO. Okay, there's a bunch of movies on. Well, then I may do it for a couple of months. I don't even know what it is. Ten bucks, twelve bucks, something like that. Yeah, right. And you do it for a couple of months and then you can drop it. You can do the same if you were into sports that you want to watch. Exactly. With ESPN. If you want yeah. to watch, you know, if you want ESPN plus, if you want to watch and, and there you can watch a lot of different college basketball games. Right. And right. Whatever. But there's so many now. Um 
you know, especially when you live in a market like Dallas, where just on air TV alone, uh, and when you get to be older and you like the older shows, the, all the older shows are there. So it's right, there. Yeah. But so many streaming services that even have news now. Mm-hmm, and the other mm-hmm. thing is, the best thing is, now, when the weather gets bad, mm-hmm. my TVs are all set up over the air. The TVs stay on. Mm-hmm. When you have satellite TV, they all go off. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. so for weather events and things like that. Well, but I just think people don't want to pay. Uh, they don't want to. They don't want to pay 140 bucks for uh, 150 stations where they don't watch 140 of them. It, it, and that's it. Most that's, of that stuff we. And it goes back to the old joke. You know, uh, 400 channels and nothing is on, and and that's where you pare down the value. And you know, even the local TV stations have. Uh, their apps during severe weather, they'll go live on the app and they tell you, look, uh, you know, because they realize that people's uh, uh, TV service may go out or, you know, if they've got satellite or whatever, get our app and you you can watch us live on the app while we're covering severe weather um, and or something, you know, anything like that. But also they will post reports individually on their YouTube channel. I was going to say the YouTube channel. Yep. And you can watch those condensed reports. If you're looking for those stories, you can see that. And and one great thing about that is that you're, if you're here, uh, if you're in one part of the country, you can watch it, a local version of that story or local coverage of that mm-hmm. story from that town, from that area, from that state. And, and to me, I mean, especially with what we do, uh, that's extremely valuable and that's something you can't get with cable i believe every major sports team has a youtube channel so if they yeah. have a press yep. conference with yep. a coach right. or right. a general manager yeah you just go to the youtube channel and there it is it's like okay it's coming up live right exactly and you'll see all yeah. the reporters waiting yeah. there you'll go to the channel hit it right and you can wait there's a general manager talking about the draft a couple of days before the draft well you can even set notifications your notifications yep. You're no- and you'll get a notification yep. on your phone. Hey, something's going to happen, and we're going to cover it live. Or, and and, you know, and if you and if you've got Chromecast, or even if you have a modern TV, you can cast from your phone. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't have all the apps on your computer TV, you've got the apps on your phone. Yeah. There's so many different ways well, to get programming. And the and the smart TVs are are so good now. I mean, it's yes. just they're so intuitive. Mine is three, uh, almost four years old uh, in one room. Uh, the, the, the one in the living room is, is newer, but the one I use when I'm watching breaking news or something, the menus are wonderful and, and the updates have been great, but I'm thinking, wow, four years seems like a long time. I need to, you know, I need to look for other features and everything else and upgrade. It's only a 32 inch TV, but I use it in an office space for, for covering, uh, breaking or for watching breaking news. Eight, six, six, 90 red eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. More coming up on that Titanic submarine mm. that yeah. has been uh, lost, and a whole bunch more.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 